God, have mercy upon your souls. Something's wrong, something's amiss. At a time of evil. When the world needed a hero. The swallow our souls and about to die. What it got was him. Groovy. Hello, and welcome to Media Evil, a medieval pop culture podcast, where we talk about how medieval and medieval-inspired movies, TV, and books depict the medieval world. What do they get right? What do they get wrong? And what do they tell us about how modern people see the medieval past? I'm Sarah F. Decker, a medieval historian, and today I'm joined by guest Jessica Bloomkey greif to talk about the movie Army of Darkness and the historical context behind Stella Emanuel's demon sex beliefs which are fun. (laughs) Jessica, would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, I am also a podcaster of a couple of podcasts because it's 2020 and you just need to have as many podcasts as you can, (laughs) I guess. Uh, So I'm the co-host of the Friendly Atheist podcast uh, with Hemant Mehta, um, where we discuss current events through the lens of secularism, including like LGBTQ stuff, feminism stuff, all that. And then recently I started one with my husband called Cooper Duper and we are watching Twin Peaks, which is his favorite movie, his favorite show and doing a uh, kind of watch along podcast. And it's been a ton of fun. So thank you. I'm very excited to, uh, to be here. Thanks so much for joining me. And why did you want to talk about slash, I guess, maybe agree to talk about uh, this particular movie? <laughs> you did give me a couple options. And honestly, I knew my husband owned this on DVD, so I was like, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) It was very much a a choice of convenience. Because I I don't think you have either. I haven't seen Evil Dead or Evil Dead 2. Nope. So uh, yeah, we're going to be coming in. uh, We're coming in kind of blind on this. (laughs) Thankfully, the first four minutes of this movie are like a previously on Evil Dead. Right? I'm like, this is so convenient. (laughs) Really helped my research. Yeah. Army of Darkness came out in 1992 and feels like it. Mm-hmm. It was directed by Sam Raimi as this third installment of the Evil Dead franchise and stars Bruce Campbell as Ash Williams and M. Beth Davids as Sheila, uh, who apparently played Miss Honey and Matilda. So that's exciting. Love that. Yeah. Marcus Gilbert as Lord Arthur and Ian Abercrombie as the Wise One. I'm kind of impressed that you got Lord Arthur's name because I do not recall him having a name. <laughs> See, I was paying attention the whole time, especially because I have very strong feelings about like weird choices that get made surrounding medieval names in mm-hmm. movies. I did. I, I really want to dive into whether Sheila is a traditional name. Yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah we're going to discuss that one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. For the first section, the enumeratio, uh, I'll start with a brief recap, and then we'll just have a general discussion about the film. Okay. So in his battle with a demonic entity, Ash Williams is sent through a portal that lands him in medieval Europe. After being captured, he agrees to collect a book called the Necronomicon, which will both defeat evil in his time, or sorry, in this time, and return him to his own time. However, he muddles the ritual words and ends up raising an army of the dead instead, which kidnaps Sheila, the woman whom he has become involved with. Yeah. (laughs) Ash then leads Arthur's men to victory with the help of Arthur's former enemy, Duke Henry, and is eventually sent back to the present. So the film opens with this like medieval chain gang situation. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen, what are those called? With Usually they have, that you're the usually stocks. like, stocks. Yeah. I've never seen them upright. Is that a real thing? No. 
Okay. No, that's not a thing. <laughs> that's definitely not a thing. I'm sorry. You're going to hear me say, is that a real thing? A whole lot. <laughs> and, and usually, almost always, the answer is going to be no. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I am kind of impressed. He apparently in the last movie chainsawed off one of his hands. Yeah. And I'm kind of impressed that they still put his handless arm through the stocks, which I can't imagine was a super secure right device. and the chainsaw off his hand because he had the chainsaw attached to his hand like attached to where his hand would be yes the people of this medieval world are unfazed by technology <laughs> like, they are very unfazed by technology despite the fact that he's basically all at some point keeps being like these like primitive people with their intellect who could never understand any of this yeah, which frankly is kind of rude sir you're right? a guest you're a guest yeah. in your home. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, honestly, like, they've been dealing with, like, the undead for, like, years or something. I don't know. It's not that clear. So I feel like somebody showing up with a car is honestly not the weirdest thing that they've had to deal with. <laughs> Which apparently, according to my husband, uh, that car is like a Sam Raimi. Like, he uses that car in every single Oh, really? Movie. Yeah. According okay. to Mikey. Right. That, that makes sense. Since the car seems like a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Wait, how does he get sucked into this portal again? I think I forgot. Okay, so I'm not clear on it because, like, the details of that actually happened in the previous movie and we just see it on the previously on part. (laughs) So it seems like he's doing something in the last movie where he's fighting the demon and as his, like, last, like, fuck you, the demon sucks him through, like, creates this portal and sucks him and I guess also his car into it. Sure. But she wasn't, like, in the car at the time, so I'm kind of confused how the car was, or was he? Yeah. I didn't think so yeah. based on the visual that we have, but I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, his his little voiceover at the beginning where he's, he's, I mean, I understand this is his character. He's very surly and very grumpy yes. in a way that I don't find like charming, but more like, hey, dude, like, yeah. pump the brakes, <laughs> bud. <laughs> yeah, he's a, it seems like he's supposed to be charming and it's just not working. No, it's not like if he weren't extremely handsome, he would be immensely dislikable. So he's very oh, lucky yeah. that he's a handsome thriller. <laughs> I don't know if you listen to the podcast, The Bechdel Cast, but they have this thing that they came up with called, I think they call it like the Buscemi test, which basically <laughs> means... Anything that a character does, if it would stop seeming charming, if Steve Buscemi did it instead of somebody who's incredibly attractive, would it be cute or would it be creepy? Ooh, I like that a whole lot. Yeah. And I think everything (laughs) that Ash does pretty much. uh... Yeah. Well, also, I think we like this is 1992. I was born in 85. So this is like smack in my childhood. And it kind of made me realize how I slash we were sort of trained to understand that like men are like sons of bitches but you gotta love them for it like yeah the excusing of him just being an ass like a raging asshole is it's trained into us very early and a lot of relationships i've had (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and this is this is back my childhood too because i was born in 87 okay so yeah definitely definitely feeling that It also very much sets up super early this like women are vaguely disposable where when he's doing the background, uh, the previously on bit, (laughs) he's referring to like, he's once I had a nice girlfriend, Linda, I guess the demon ate her, whatever. She's gone, I guess. (laughs) R.I.P. question mark? I counted, I think, two women in this movie. Did I miss anybody? And one was like a zombie witch. 
there's this oh, no, there's some like background characters. Yeah, there's at least like there's some background women. Sheila is the only named female character. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. There's also the woman at the end, but we'll we'll get to her when when he like meets some other random woman that he's hitting on. Oh, he's yeah. back in the present. Oh God, I cannot, like, <laughs> talk about that. I yeah. literally twenty minutes ago, and I completely forgot what you were talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's why I spent like an hour doing plot notes, is because otherwise I will forget everything. <laughs> um. So his voiceover, he's he thinks he's in 1300 AD. Is that even kind of accurate? I mean. Everything is so completely nonspecific that it's impossible to tell Mm -hmm. if that is accurate or not. I just sort of took that at face value. Everything is just kind of sort of vaguely medieval in a way that, (laughs) as I said, like there's nothing to really say like, yes, this is 1300 as opposed to 1200 or 1400. (laughs) So I guess we just go with it. But it's also like, does he have any reason to believe that he's in the year 1300 as opposed to like, well, it's definitely the Middle Ages, and I'm pretty sure this year is in the Middle Ages. I think that's what it is. I think they, I think he and the character and the writers took a stab and thought, what is middle, medieval sounding? 1300? Great. <laughs> like, perfect. Right. So, as I said, just everything is such a mess that, honestly, sure. Yeah. My, yeah, that's fine. At I'll, least we didn't like try that. to pin it to a year. That's actually one of my favorite things in movies is when they're like, this year, this is happening in like exactly the year 923. <laughs> and then it's like every single thing that's happened makes way less sense if you think about it as taking place specifically in 923 right. than it would if you were just like vague about the date and were like, okay, I could like see this maybe making sense if it was in like the seventh century. Well, and the thing is, it's a bold swing to like pin down a year and they could probably get away with it from 99% of the population but Sarah's in here like no friend that was not who the king was well because here also like there isn't a king because I don't know because like Arthur is Arthur supposed to be the king because he just refers to himself as Lord Arthur yeah I don't they definitely didn't specify that he was a king and you wouldn't call a king Lord you'd call him king right yeah, I mean, I guess maybe if, like, maybe if you were addressing him, you might, like, no, if you were addressing him, you'd call him, like, your majesty. Yeah, oh, yeah. Something okay. along those lines. Yeah, you wouldn't, yeah, that that's, it seems odd to me as a way to refer to him if he is actually a king. Yeah. Also that he is a king, I mean, so A, never actually says what country we're in, either. Oh, I didn't think of that. <laughs> oh, my God, I didn't think that at all. <laughs> so, like, vaguely in my head, I'm like, all right, usually it's England. Like, mm-hmm. usually the answer is England. But there was some landscape. Country. Yeah, there was some landscape that they showed us that was not English. Oh, landscape. no. It I mean, it's in a straight up desert. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the landscape is like, okay, this is clearly like Arizona or something. <laughs> or Southern California. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so the landscape, it's like, all right, so this is clearly like not England in terms of like where it could be in medieval europe like i don't know it could be some parts of like of what is now spain is there desert in there like i was thinking is it like northern they've gone down to like northern africa there is desert in like southern spain if you're in north africa then that completely basically ruins any of this how like making even any (laughs) sense in a lot of ways Uh, that's the thing that's gonna ruin this (laughs) (laughs) right Uh, and just because it's like clearly it's inspired by very much like a kind of Christian ruled Western Europe, even though like it ignores mm-hmm. how religion exists. Yes, a lot. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
But yeah, so it clearly can't be North Africa. It clearly has to be someplace, I feel like, under Christian rule that kind of fits into this milieu of Western Europe. It could be Southern Spain, but... Southern Spain is your best bet. Yeah. But so once you get into that, once you get into like, okay, so is this guy the king? And if so, of what country? <laughs> then he's nothing. Like then there's there's no place. I don't think there is a single place in the year 1300 that has a king named Arthur. I am currently looking up deserts of Europe. Apparently there's one, <laughs> there's one in Italy. Okay. So that tracks. And there are also various Italian lords. I don't think any of them are named Arthur either. No. Uh, Spain, like you said, the Highlands of Iceland. That feels like a stretch. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So if we actually start getting into the like, okay, this is a specific time and place, it all breaks down in that the two like named characters who have leadership roles, Arthur and Henry, cannot be connected with anybody. Mm -hmm. I think Henry says that he's like the Duke of Chael or something like that. That's not a place. No. So, yeah. So, you know, it's it's really just very much like made up vaguely medieval universe. And it's kind of bizarre that he even bothers giving it a date because to some extent it would have made more sense to just be like, we're in an alternate universe. Don't worry about it. Right. I have a question before we go any further. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the Necronomicon is a very typical thing that is used as shorthand for like bad magic but uh -huh. it, it was hp lovecraft created the necronomicon right there's no hist is there any historical context of it no i don't believe so okay so it's all a lot of just back yeah backfilling gotcha yeah okay. It's also fun with the Necronomicon because so this is this magic book, the, which he also refers to as the Book of the Dead. And he describes mm -hmm. it and he calls it the Necronomicon Ex Mortis. And uh, he says that it's an ancient Sumerian book that's written in blood on human skin, which is very fun. Was human, was skin generally used as pages very frequently or was it just bound? So, I've heard of like okay, things that so, were bound in, in skin. So, I was the I mean, You normally wouldn't use human, human skin because, sure. you know, that... <laughs> That, that would be considered not totally appropriate. <laughs> it's a pretty big party foul. <laughs> but I mean, vellum is a cow. I guess maybe skin is part of a cow. <laughs> Fair enough. Asked and answered. Yeah, I mean, so it's made out of like cow skin. Okay. All right. Fair yeah. enough. I was just imagining like how thick those pages would have to be to be made out of. I don't know. So you stretch it. Oh, I mean, that's like what you that do with a cow. Oh, uh, like that character in, in Doctor Who? Oh, is that going to land? Okay, never mind. Sorry. It's just a character and her face is straight. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's the only Doctor Who pull I have, so. <laughs> but yeah, but they uh, they basically, would, they would like stretch out the cow's hide, essentially, on, or they would like, they kind of scrape part of it, part of the cow's hide off, and then they, there's like a frame that they would stretch it on. Okay. And then cut it into pages. So technically, there's no reason you couldn't do that with human skin. If anything, right. I actually feel like compared to a cow, it would actually be too thin. Mm, interesting. Oh, because there's just not enough. I don't know. Like our skin, our skin feels thinner than a cow's, right? Than like a cow hide. I don't know. I guess. But is that just the fur? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's basically the same. Maybe we should all be making pages out of human skin. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but my super bitchy thing also is that it, so it says this is a name, but it says it's Sumerian. And so I'm like, all right. Ex, the ex mortis part, like Necronomicon is like a made up word that's like vaguely Greek. Ex mortis is Latin. Yeah, for sure. It also really means like from the dead as opposed to of the dead, but that's a different 
think well, to worry and, about. And the, the way they translated it, that presumes that Necronomicon just means book. It's just yeah, a redundant. Which, not, which also does not make sense. Best case scenarios, it's it's super redundant because Necronomicon yeah. necessarily is a book about death or whatever. So right. Book of the Dead of the Dead, fine, fine. Yeah. <laughs> And I did some random Googling into what it said on some wiki the actual background of this book is. And it says that the version that we have is actually a translation of the ancient Sumerian done by somebody named Abdul Aziz in the year 730. Okay. This still doesn't explain the Latin because based on his name, that's clearly like an Arab. Arabic, yeah. Yeah, so he would be writing this book in Arabic. So... Okay, fine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's also kind of weird as a choice that there that somebody in their like extra canonical material is like definitely like a Muslim came up with this book. Like, okay, <laughs> sure. Like they're really digging into that background research, right? It's like why, why that? Okay, sure. Ugh. So has he gotten to the castle yet? Yeah. So Arthur, take this guy Arthur finds him and captures him, and he assumes that he's one of uh, Lord Henry's men. Henry is some duke that he was fighting with for some reason. That is I don't Henry think the explained. one with the really really bad Scottish accent? Yes. Oof, that was rough stuff. <laughs> that was definitely not great. Oh yeah. And Arthur's got this wise man with him. And I'll talk more about my thoughts on the wise man later. Oh, God. But Arthur asks him, hey, what should we do with this guy? And the wise man's like, I bet he's the guy prophesied in the Necronomicon. And then Arthur's basically like, "Eh, whatever. He seems like he's probably one of Henry's men. I'll just like take him and plan to throw him in the pit with the rest of them. Fuck it. Which like, why do you have a wise man, dude? Like, (laughs) ask for his opinion if you're not going to bother taking his advice. Yeah, no, not great. Hey, can we talk about facial hair? Um, oh my god, yes. <laughs> so I just wrote I just wrote Henry the Red's facial hair, just as a full stop note. Can you talk to me about medieval facial hair and whether it is bananas like this guy's is? There is some bananas facial hair in medieval portraiture. Like so Henry is the one he had kind of like the long mustache, right? Well, he had like a mustache, but he had specifically like coming out of like kind of below the corners of his mouth, just a yeah, long, right. like a rat tail, like a double rat tail. That part seemed weird to me. Okay. <laughs> it yeah. was just a choice someone made. Yeah, no, the mustache I was fine with, but like it, you know, and then, it, and there was like a lot of, there was a lot of facial hair. Like there were a lot of mustaches and mm-hmm. some of them I was like, all right, I can maybe see that one. And some of them like that one looked like they like came from like the Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Yes, exactly. (laughs) And then some of them are like, guys, this is a civil war. Like, come on. (laughs) Oh, that's good. So, yeah, there there were some real facial hair choices that got made. Yeah. So, yeah, so then we get to the castle. And at this point, we also meet Sheila. And Sheila just runs up to Arthur and is like, hey, where's my brother? And Arthur's like, whoops, sorry, he's dead. Very cavalier about that. Yeah, right? It's like, okay, like that, that was nice of you. Very friendly. <laughs> yeah, and then Sheila seems to decide to pick on Ash in particular as opposed to any of the other people, including like Henry the Duke, the guy who, I don't know, started or was the target of or whatever this war. Uh-huh. She picks just Ash as the person that she's going to like spit on and throw rocks on for some reason. Yeah, I'm not sure what... So she blamed him for the death of her brother? Is that what she was? I guess. But there was like a whole chain gang there. 
Yeah, no, there's like 20 fucking people. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. He just had a nasty look in his eye. Right? I mean, to be fair, he does. Yes. Uh, constantly. And he's a deeply dislikable human. So, like, I don't yeah. necessarily blame her for throwing rocks at him. But, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. So she's very angry. Henry, however, is basically like, you're, you're not one of mine. And he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Just everybody is so accepting of everything, you know? Everybody's, <laughs> exactly. like, Everybody's very chill. Yeah. Like, they're very chill about the dead coming back to life. They're very chill about, like, this guy from the future bringing back a chainsaw. <laughs> Like, I don't know, man. It's wild. Yeah. And, like, I, I feel like people were not quite that chill. No, no, no. He would be burned <laughs> immediately, right? Like, like maybe not burned immediately, but they would, like, be, they would definitely be questioning him. Like, they would be like, what is your deal? Like, <laughs> so they throw somebody in that pit. Yes. At this point, my notes are really just, that's certainly a lot of blood. So here's the thing about the pit that really bothered me. <laughs> So we see one person fall in the pit and then right. everybody kind of waits for like a full 10 seconds mm-hmm. of just silence and staring at this pit. And then like a geyser of blood rushes up. Yep. So you think, okay, there's something down there that is going to cause like a lot of liquid to right. be. And then Ash gets pushed up, which, oh, I'm sorry. By the way, before <laughs> the way he falls in, he's standing. I think his arms are tied, but maybe not. But somebody throws the Sheila. rock. Sheila throws Sheila the rock. Throws the rock and he inexplicably stumbles up a ramp. Like most yes. people stumble on flat ground or down a slope. He, he's like, oh, that? no, I'm falling upwards. Like it's a very male thing to do is, right. is fall upwards. I think it's definitely a metaphor. Um <laughs> But it actually does describe a lot of Ash's character. <laughs> but just the way he stumbled and was like crawling up this thing, I was like, all right, bud. And then he gets pushed in and he lands and it's just water. So that was my first question right. mark of like, it's just regular water. It is not red. It's not blood. It's not red water. It's just water. No, the blood geezer, I assume, is just what happened to the previous dude. But we're, we're to believe that this man was attacked by this, like, creature thing. Right. Which spawned so much blood that it arose through this very deep well. Yeah. To the point that it, like, covered the walls around him. I was just confused by that. I'm not quite sure how what is basically just a zombie would have managed to do that to a person. That's exactly I'm not, I'm not sure how it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. You also have to love the one, the other dude who tries to run... And then Arthur shoots him with an arrow, which manages to go all the way through easily his full plate, like the center of his full plate armor. Full plate armor, chain mail through his body, yep. another layer of chain mail, another full plate armor, and then sticks into the pole that he's standing in yep. front of. So not only is it a very strong arrow, but it is an extremely long one. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, if if this can do that, what's the fucking point of wearing the armor in the first place? Like, what is it supposed to be doing? I genuinely wrote that down because I was like, is that <laughs> literally the point of armor to deflect arrows? Like, what? Yeah. And also, did they have crossbows then? Yes, I believe they would have had crossbows. I also, I want to let you know, I went down a small rabbit hole. So I sort of phased out in a couple of the first minutes of this movie because one of the horses that picked him up was a Palomino, which is, I don't hmm. know if you know anything about horses. I do not. Okay, so a Palomino is a, it's it's both a color and a breed. It's very weird. But it's like a gold horse with a white mane and tail. Oh, those are, but those are very pretty ones. Very pretty horses. And I was like, 
I don't know if Palominos were around back then. That's and I, I did some research and apparently they were the first Palominos oh. got, got brought to the United States or to the Americas in like the, the 15th century. Uh, I the think. earliest could be the 15th century. Yeah. So they, 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 they were brought up. America exists. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> the 15th century. So ostensibly they existed. Mm-hmm. So that was Justice hmm. Worth Corner. Don't worry. Yeah. There'll be another round of that. Yeah. Hmm. Based on based on the name, by are they Spanish? They are Spanish. Okay. So mm-hmm. that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. But it was just one of those, like, they're such a distinctive color. Yeah. I was surprised that they would be used in battle bet to go a little right. like when they use police horses they always have to be like either brown or black because they don't mm-hmm. want any horses to stand out so they can be targeted and mm. i would presume a similar thing would have been but probably not anyway there also is definitely so there's breeding of horses and there are horses that specifically are bred to basically be like part of uh like to be part of a cab of cavalry and yes. to like be like war horses and there's breeding specifically around that and i I, I, you know, I'm not sure that I'm not sure I've heard of specifically Palominos being bred as war horses, but I also do not know anything about horses. Yeah, I think I've, I've heard the term charger as a description of a a horse. So generally, because they have to not only carry a heavy rider, but also their, their own armor, I guess, for lack of yes. a better word, is yeah, so there's horse armor. big. And man, we're going to get into the horse ash <laughs> because it is far too small for that tall gentleman. It, I, we're going to get into Excite, When you awesome. have me as a guest, we are going to talk about horse nerdery. Awesome, because I do not know anything about horses. There actually was at a medieval conference a couple of years ago, but I did not end up going to them. There were like three panels on like horses in the Middle Ages. Yeah, I would absolutely go there. It would be <laughs> extremely fun for me. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, oh, can we talk about the guy who throws the chainsaw down? Yes, that's the wise one, isn't it? Is that I? I honestly, all white men look alike to me, so I really had trouble telling people apart. <laughs> that's a white man who's old with a beard. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but he walks over to the edge of the pit, and I thought he was holding a baby because right. he was holding a bundle like wrapped in right. cloth, and I was like, "Is he about to throw a baby?" <laughs> Well, he's probably afraid he was going to turn it on. <laughs> but then he unfurls it and throws the 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 uh, chainsaw down. And this very, like, anime style, like... <laughs> yes, like he lifts his arm up and the chainsaw, and like, he- clicks into place. Oh, my God. It leaps out of waist-high water because, you know, yep. people get a lot of height <laughs> when uh-huh. they're jumping oh, yeah. out of water. And, like, ching! Puts his puts his arm in there, comes back down, starts it up, does some chainsawing slaughters, stuff. Slaughters some undead yeah. things that are happening in this pit. What was the thing? It's like the garbage pit in Star Wars, that, but it had spikes. And it's like... Yeah. Also, I had a problem with the direction of this movie, which is very dumb, a dumb thing to say. Because the first time they showed that, they said spikes or whatever. And it was these two walls that were going to smoosh him. Yeah. But the way they showed it, the first time they showed it, I thought it was coming down from the ceiling, which in hindsight makes no sense. Yeah, it, just, it, the other way obviously makes more sense, but they did shoot it weirdly. Like I was yeah. not entirely clear where the spikes were coming from. Yeah, it, it took a few times to, for me to understand that, A, there were two sets of spikes like yeah. swishing in on each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. how did, oh, 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 I cannot wait to talk about. So he, yeah. Kills it. <laughs> she managed to let herself in, apparently. Oh, that's nice of her. And she's still yelling at you. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a chain 
and he takes off his belt. This was truly in a wild movie. This was the most puzzling part for me. He takes off his belt and like whips it out. Oh, that's what that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They show him taking off his belt. Oh, I missed that. I was like, I don't know what he's pulling on. Like, whatever. I guess it's fine. And it's the not even like the buckle end of the belt. It's like the right. whole end of the belt. And somehow it like like an Indiana Jones whip thing right. snaps into place and they show it. And it's like just like a little ribbon going around. And it's like load bearing. <laughs> like how does that? That's not how belts work. No, not at all. And then he <laughs> uses that to pull himself up on the chain, which absolutely made me wonder, why didn't he just grab the chain? It's right there. Right. Yeah, I, I don't understand why he didn't grab the chain. I could see maybe that maybe the belt was to get him like, I don't know, two apart. No, that doesn't make sense either. I don't Probably. know. I don't know what he was doing. It's very strange. It's a very weird yeah. choice, but like, whatever. And then he was like, there was this tension because the belt was kind of stretching out. I was like, the chain's right next to your face. You can just grab it like this. Yeah, it was bizarre. But so he gets out of the pit and then because he's and then he's very impressive at that point, I guess, because he's gotten out of the pit and uh, then he kind of goes up to Arthur. He tells Arthur that his shoelace is untied and Arthur, a man who does not know what a goddamn shoelace is, looks down. Oh, my God. I missed that entirely. (laughs) That's embarrassing. (laughs) His shoelace is untied. No. Yes. And so then he looks down and Ash punches him in the face. Yeah. Is that when he pulls out his shotgun? Excuse me. Yes. His boomstick? Which, yes. Oh. Yeah, it's like, come on. I know you think everybody's dumb, but like, really? Really? English, like, sir. Oh, God. It was, he has a couple quips that like, my eyes almost rolled out of my head. Also, yeah. where the fuck did he hide that rifle on him? I think it was on his back, but it feels weird that nobody noticed. Because while they wouldn't have shotguns, I feel like you would see a long stick-like thing that has metal on it yeah. that somebody has in like a holster on his back and take that away from him. Yeah, understand that that is some kind of weapon of some yeah. sort. Whether they understand the concept of a boomstick or not. Ugh, so gross. Oh, and he shoots the end off King Arthur's uh, sword, which is fine, I guess. Yeah, which, yeah, that was also bizarre. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm genuinely afraid that people are going to listen to this and be actively angry that neither of us, <laughs> A, liked it, or B, have seen the rest of the movies. I'm really yeah. hoping that the audience, because I don't. <laughs> yeah i was thinking about that when i was watching it and uh, yeah talking to a friend of mine who's like oh you should like make a post in the flophouse group about army of darkness and just see people like come out of the woodwork being like oh my god how did you not love this movie genuinely i can't think of a worse place for you to post this episode <laughs> with make it apart <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, this this movie is like, I, it's a cult classic. And I, I don't know, I'm not sure that I get it. Honestly, I think, you know, I watched it at like one in the afternoon with my husband who was basically almost asleep the whole time. I could see this being really fun to like, watch over a couple drinks with friends. Like I bet it's yeah, definitely not context. It's definitely not a sit down stone sober at one in the <laughs> afternoon on a Saturday. <laughs> 
it's also i think not a like watch alone movie because i was not stone sober but i was definitely like watching this like alone sitting with my computer taking notes and i'm not sure that's the best format for appreciating yeah i was taking notes as well and it just felt very like at some point i was just writing down what people said because there was nothing else to to comment on um so once he has the shotgun he becomes a king question mark Apparently, yes. And he gets rewarded with some women because that's oh, what women are for. Women prizes. Hey, question. Did people actually eat grapes like dangling the bo- the thing over the person's mouth and having them like chomp on it? Because I feel like I see that in a lot of movies and it just doesn't seem like a fun way to eat grapes. It seems like a way to eat grapes that's going to end up with stems in your mouth. It really does. It's something that I tend to associate with, like, Roman orgy movies. Yes, exactly. I was thinking Greek, but I think <laughs> Roman is probably... Yeah. I I don't actually know. I've never actually looked up if there's any textual evidence or visual evidence for this being, like, a thing. There certainly are grapes in pictures of, like, Roman banquets. Okay. Well, they so definitely, definitely had, had wine, grapes. so... Yeah, and they definitely also had grapes, like, yeah. in addition to the ones in the wine. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm not sure about that. I also, you know, it's like, okay, like, you know, we're going to, like, sit down. We're going to have the grapes. We're going to have, like, a turkey leg. Like, okay. Love the turkey leg. Yeah. Tur- I've never been to a uh, run fair, but I really, really... It seems really out of character that I haven't been. It just seems like <laughs> I super enjoy it. But, God damn, do I want to just, like, mow down on a turkey leg. I don't even like turkey that much. I just like the idea. <laughs> I was surprised when I went to medieval times that they did not have turkey legs. I, when I saw in your feed that you had already done medieval times, I was <laughs> disappointed in my heart the way I haven't been a long time because I have been to medieval times four times as an adult. Since <laughs> I turned 25, I have been there four times. I fucking love it. It's, it was fun. It's so. Everything is wrong, but it was fun. I'm like, oh God, everything is wrong. <laughs> But I absolutely adore it. I find it extremely fun. In fact, the first time I went there when I was 25, I got the card from, they call him the master of horse. Right. And ha- if I had had the money, I would have been able to, like, he was trying to recruit me to, like, be in his, like, riding program. And I was like, I want to do that. Oh, but that would be fun. I was waiting tables at the time. And that yeah. didn't sound like a thing I could do. Right. In yeah. Anyway, I own a Medieval Times beer stein, by the way, which I purchased oh, when I was you there. Mean this? Yep, I definitely have one of those. My husband bought it by accident because he ordered a beer. <laughs> oh, and didn't realize that if you got the commemorative cup, you were like keeping the commemorative cup. Well, also, he was confused why his beer cost him $25. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's on display in my home. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Like a real class act. Yep, it is also on display in my home. I definitely also have that. And I assume actually we've been to the same medieval times because you're in the Chicago area, right? Yeah, and in Schomburg? Yeah, that's the one that I went to. No, the same dude has been the MC for like legit 10 years. And mm-hmm. I am deeply in love with him. He's like this handsome <laughs> slender guy with this yeah. over-the-top British accent. <laughs> this gorgeous Frisian horse. Obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. Love him. Yeah. He, I talked to him after a show once. He stayed in character and I hated it. I <laughs> hate talking to people who are in character. It's it so awkward. Comfortable. Yeah, it's extremely awkward. Because so, also like, so I had a waitress who was like sullen in character. And so she was just like, yeah, here you go, <laughs> lady." <laughs> oh, those poor servers. And the part, <laughs> my favorite. 
favorite part is when they make the servers parade in the ring. And uh-huh. like, and that like, it's like, I don't know if it's sand or like a dirt, but it's like riding rings are tend to be like a pretty dusty sort of affair. And yep. it's really hard to walk through. And I just have this yeah. image of our server one time who was like this 19 year old dude and he was wearing Vans and watching him oh, like God. try to struggle through this. It's like walking on the beach and it was just like, sorry, you didn't deserve this. I didn't need this. <laughs> you deserve so much better. <laughs> anyway, the wine is surprisingly cheap there. It's like 20 bucks a bottle. Oh, that's not bad. The yeah. beer is ridiculous, like yeah. for beer, but and for the quality of beer, it's like not <laughs> not good. No. Anyway, ooh, that was a sidebar, huh? Yes. <laughs> I really like when he, one of his women accessories was like fanning him, even though it didn't seem to be that hot out. Is that just no? Yeah, it's just a symbol of like. Yeah, exactly. It's like a symbol of like, look, he's like the top dog now. People feed him grapes and fan him. So. He has a rifle, and that makes him the leader, king. king. And then they send him, yeah, uh, oh, yeah, the lady pops up. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, while he has his women accessories hanging over him, and Arthur's sulking, then the dead lady pops up and starts yelling, you shall never obtain the Necronomicon, we shall feast upon your souls. Mm. And he, you know, fights her, it takes a while, he shoots her, it's, you know, it's a whole thing. Boomstick. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, I, you have here a note about how bad the costumes are. Would you like to dig into that? Oh yeah, I mean the costumes are just like the costumes are basically the cheapest Renfair option you could possibly find. They are jank. Like, that is what the costumes are. Like they are clearly like I don't know what they are made of, but like what they are made of, it's like it's like probably like some like really shit polyester, and, and it looks like it. Say it really harkens back to. Uh, like high school musicals that I was in. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's like that's the kind of thing that you would like bring in for if you had to like make a high schooler wear something for a Shakespeare play. Yes. Like that's what the costumes look like. Correct. <laughs> it was rough stuff. I I will say I always love that. I don't know if it's real for the time, but they always use it of like that kind of like off the shoulder deep V that the women mm-hmm. wear. Into it. Love that neckline. It's very pretty. It's, yeah. you know, it's definitely like less covered up than would be like entirely normal for most people. But mm-hmm. yeah, but it's very nice. So the first note I wrote was deadites. Yes. That was a lot of word for me. <laughs> I had no idea what they were saying the entire movie, the entire movie. Oh, I definitely got it. Be- but was just like, it's just the dumbest word they could have thought of. Like, why did they just they call them zombies? Say, or the, or the undead. Right. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. So at this point, he agrees to go on this quest for the Necronomicon. And so he's going to go and fetch this book. And if he goes and fetches this book, they'll do something to get rid of all these undead things. Yeah. And then he'll because get- I'm not calling them deadites. I <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> not. I'm not saying deadites again and again for the duration <laughs> of this podcast. And then they'll send him home. Yeah. And so they send him into like the armory and right. let's talk about his artificial hand. Because yes. he created technology that does not exist in 2020. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> or in 1992, therefore. Right. And he just like creates this like sitting like alone with like a screwdriver. Oh my God. <laughs> so bad. Because it is fully functional as like an armor artificial hand. Yeah. I don't understand. Like at one point I was like, oh, when you touch something to the palm, it like 
scripts was what I thought. And then later he was just like using it like a human. And I was like, well, right. That's not what you showed us before, but right. Like, doesn't that not work with how like nerve endings work? Right. Like, (laughs) and like, it seems a weird thing that they wrote because it's like the same, right. Writers and creative team who wrote this as the previous movie. So they had him cut off his hand. Yes. And then the entire next movie, they're like, all right, we have to put a hand back on him because it's very annoying to have a guy with one hand when he like, we have to like compensate for it. So it's right. Like, I mean, cause if his dude just has one hand, then like, he's not going to be the most competent fighter. Like that's like Jamie Lannister's entire arc on game of Thrones. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. They just give him a gold hand. Right. But it's not functional because they can know how to do that. They still don't know how to do that. No, it's just like cast in, in gold. Oh yeah. He said groovy in a way that I didn't hate. I thought it was kind of a funny delivery. Yeah. It's like, yeah. all right, that's that's kind of cute. That's fine. Yeah. He is overall extremely mean to everybody, which like, oh, yeah, maybe it's just my inherent need for everybody to like me. That makes me uncomfortable with that. But I cannot imagine just like going through life, let al- like going through the world, let alone a world that you do not know. Yeah, just being like, unnecessarily oh, hostile all the time. Yeah. And I mean, I guess he has his boomstick, so whatever. I do actually kind of get why he is hostile to Sheila in that his first introduction to her was her throwing a rock at him for no reason. Oh, sure. Absolutely. That's fair. I'll I'll give him that one, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that one's justified. And I would argue, like, even against Arthur, who did throw him in a pit. Oh, yeah. That's fine. But just, like, his general anger toward everybody, like... He needs therapy is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, he needs to chill the fuck out. I guess guess if we, like, go by the plot of these movies from my reading the Wikipedia summary, he has, like, been fighting demons for the last, I don't know, year or something, and they've, like, killed everybody that he knows. Okay, so so he's had a, a bad run of it. Yeah, so he does need therapy, but, like, it's, you know, he's he's had a bad time. Like, he's, sure. a, he's traumatized. Sure. I'll, you know, so we can we can say that. Yeah. So he's especially hostile to Sheila, who has now decided she's super into him and makes him like an apology tunic. Oh, brother. Yeah. Oh, this was this scene was rough stuff. Oh yeah, nothing was good about the scene. So he tosses it away and says, like, I guess I need a horse blanket. And then she slaps him. Yep. And then runs off. And then he runs after her, grabs her, pins her up against a wall. And then says, I believe the line is, give me some sugar, baby. And then they make out. Yeah, that's what I wrote down as well. Um, He calls a lot of people baby in a way that I hate. Oh, no, it is absolutely atrocious. Give me some sugar is wildly offensive to me for some reason. And also, like, it's the least earned moment of romance I have ever seen. Like, she is trying to be nice to him and make up for, you know, physically assaulting him, which is fair. And he... Tells her off. She slaps him. So we think, okay, these people are going to agree to disagree. And then he's like, wait, there's no other human women in this world for me to fuck somebody. (laughs) It's my right as the lead character. I have to get my dick wet. So what happened to his women accessories? Oh, my goodness. They just evaporated about 25 minutes into the movie, huh? (laughs) Yeah, they're just gone now. And what was, I didn't write it down. I was just trying to find it on IMDb, but he says something about like, you savages, you'll never understand 
molecular something. It was Wait, just- I did I write this down? Yeah, I think I wrote it down at some point and then I didn't actually keep it in my notes, but he was like, you'll never understand molecules and alloys and things like alloys, that. That was one. <laughs> Which I think, did they have alloys in- I don't know enough about science specifically to be 100% sure, but a decent amount of the kinds of things that he's like talking about are basically chemistry. And a lot of our principles of chemistry actually come from medieval and early modern alchemy. Yeah. And uh, like an alloy is just a combination of two metals, right? Yeah, I bet they had. I bet they'd figure that out. Like that can't be that hard. Yeah, because I think... I don't know exactly what medieval swords are made out of, shockingly. But, like, I have to imagine they weren't just steel. They probably reinforced them with something. Alloys definitely existed because there actually are definitely, uh, there's definitely, co- like, coinage, at least. Uh, coinage definitely is, right. uh, yeah, is alloy. Like, yeah. Cause, yeah, because, like, nobody does. Like, because actually that's a whole thing is that they keep, like, reducing the weight of silver and the coinage as a way to make money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like watering down the wine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so they have like this like deeply unpleasant romance that we've created at this point out of nothing, and I hate it. Yeah, that's not great. It, it was very, very bad. Oh, bronze is a lot of the things, and bronze is sorry. I'm obviously, obviously, I can't not <laughs> immediately. Anyway, yeah. Mm, so the women all disappear. Yeah. Yeah, so all the women disappear except for, like, the one woman that he's going to, like, have a weird, like, aggressive, questionably consensual sex with. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Didn't awesome. like, didn't like awesome. any moment of that. No. So then they go on their quest. Yeah, the quest is apparently riding, like, five damn miles to, like, a cemetery. Yeah, it's, it really seemed as if they were about to go on, like, several months worth of like questing but they're just like oh there's a cemetery five miles up the road yeah or like maybe they didn't know where the book was and he had to go find it but it's like no we know exactly where it is it's in this place you just like we just have to like walk over there it'll take 15 minutes you'll get the book it'll be great and was it clear why nobody else could get it did they ever explain that at the beginning they said he was prophesied that's all. That's all I can tell you. I'm not sure that's a sufficient explanation, but <laughs> so, so what I'm hearing is that it's not that they couldn't get it; just nobody bothered trying. Yes, because the prophecy <laughs> one had not come. Okay, because it's also they say the one prophecy in the Necronomicon, but they don't have the Necronomicon because they don't have the person prophesied who has to go get the Necronomicon. It's like they couldn't think of a second book besides the Necronomicon, <laughs> right? Like, why isn't it like the guy prophesied and the companion to the Necronomicon? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's three. Okay, we're not there yet. So yeah. So okay. So right he there. Yeah, so they get to the cemetery, and the wise one tells him, okay, when you find the book, you have to say the words, Klatu Barada Nikto. And they make a big deal of the fact that they want him to keep repeating the words, and he's like, I know the damn words, shut the fuck up. He's very surly about that. Like, so yes. that's not a language you speak, obviously. No. I know. I mean, it's not a language, I believe, is my guess. Uh, it's a phrase that originated in the 1951 science fiction film, The Day the Earth Stood Still. So yes, yeah, so not a language. So not a language <laughs> at all. Because <laughs> I was like, all right, I mean, so, you know, I don't know what that is. It's, I can't, I was like, I can't promise it's not Sumerian. It's certainly not Latin. No, it's not Latin. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's an anything. I think it's nothing. It's, yeah. it's just nothing. <laughs> Which he, the wise man, yeah. I would say, tells him to repeat it because yep. 
he has seen that this man is a raging idiot. Yep. <laughs> he's not going to remember three words. Yeah. And lo and behold. He does not. So first, like, he gets into the cemetery and then immediately just gets, like, chased around by, like, a demon wind, I guess. Yeah. I might have been playing Candy Crush when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, this whole thing was really complicated. At some point, there was something that I thought was a dream, but I guess it was real. I don't know. Yeah, no, absolutely not. But like, if he and, passed out and I missed when he woke up, but, you know, it's right. fine. Well, and so, actually, before we even get to that, I want to talk more about horses. Okay. Pete <laughs> maybe my favorite moment in the entire thing. Like, A, number one, any, like horse girl like me is going to say the most obnoxious thing is anytime they show a horse on screen they make it nay as if uh-huh. as if we wouldn't recognize a horse if it wasn't making a horse noise horses only what is that beast <laughs> horses only nay when they're alone and are trying to find their companion it's like a wolf howl oh that's it's- so sweet i didn't know that that's very cute it is very sweet <laughs> and some horses are very dramatic about like I got brought into the barn first. Where is everybody? Nay. Um, so basically my cat, actually. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's one. They kept having those horses nay when they're just like standing around. So whatever. Two, it seems like this is my husband's number one complaint about me as a human is anytime somebody's <laughs> riding on screen, he's like, all right, Jess, just tell me, are they riding well or are they not? <laughs> Not a bad writer. He's got a lot of okay. elbow happening, which isn't great. You're supposed to... Right. Flapping is generally frowned upon in horsemanship. Uh-huh. That's fair. But this horse who looks like maybe an Arabian or like a Morgan horse, which are traditionally very light horses. Uh-huh. Arabian horses were used a lot as, as war horses, but... In the desert where... Because they have really good stamina. Yeah. Um, so they tend not to carry as much bulk. Man, this dude could have put his fucking feet on the ground while riding this horse. <laughs> <laughs> he's just simply too tall there's, there's like a lot of him like he is a large man he's a he's a big guy which is fine like yeah. he just needed not like you know a 14 hand little slim horse um he did <laughs> i think my favorite moment <laughs> was then he like was riding somewhere he was like juking around this this uh these woods mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the horse stops which is a thing horses do because they are very fearful animals they'll just like fucking stop at anything and he goes what is it boy as if the horse is a fucking dog and like <laughs> I I mean, he's probably never met a horse before. I mean, maybe. I was, <laughs> was shocked at his competent horsemanship, but like, it was just a thing that was really blowing my mind. It made me so incredibly happy. What is it? What is it? Like a fucking lassie. <laughs> that was kind of great. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. So he is in this like windmill house. There is a mirror, which I swear to God is fucking from Ikea that he like looks into. And in the Ikea mirror, he sees like, I guess this like demon double and he breaks it. But then that means a bunch of like mini demon ashes all pop out of it. Was this the Lilliputian part when he gets like, yeah, yeah, that was weird. Also, why did that one Lilliputian dive into his mouth? I was not clear about that. I mean, I guess maybe he did it on purpose so then the guy could grow out of him because that's what happened. 
Oh, I bet you're right. Because he swallowed this this little little peach. What, they were like three inches or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Which, A, I can't imagine like dry swallowing a human being. Even like, that's I a lot. Dry, I cannot dry swallow my migraine pills, which are like tiny. Yeah, exactly. No, absolutely not. And then, inexplicably, <laughs> to get back at the thing that he cannibalized... He yes. drinks boiling water. Rich is like, what did you do to your tongue and your mouth and your throat, my man? And then you can like hear his little tummy. like, <sighs> ah, ah, But like, ostensibly, he's in stomach acid. I don't yeah. think that like the boiling water is going to do what you think. Like it's make a difference. Do. Yeah. Right? Oh. This scene is also like has just so much like low-key body horror, like the bit where they end up like he kind of falls on like a griddle and then has to remove his mm. face with a spatula. Didn't I care was for like, it. nope, nope, I'm not here for that. I mean it's fine because he has not even a scar on his like a burn mark on his face afterwards. No. He does but, have you know. like four beautifully straight, like red cuts in like yeah, really specific areas to make him look somehow more <laughs> handsome. <laughs> I really love the like the way they do that in movies, where the like the like sexy scars. Like mm-hmm. my favorite example of this, which I hate, is the, the Phantom of the Opera movie, where he's like <laughs> and he's like this face. Nobody can love me because of this face, and then he takes off this mask, and he's got this like one kind of like dashing little scar, and otherwise just looks like Gerard Butler. It's like, or, dude, come on, it's fine. Like, get over yourself. Or like Deadpool, when he's like, I'm a hideous. And I'm like, well, you're still Ryan Reynolds. You just look like right. you have scars on your face, which yeah, is Yeah, you're like Ryan fine. Reynolds with a mild skin condition. <laughs> yeah, no, this wasn't. It honestly reminds me of when I was in um, when I was in high school, we had, oh, fuck, what was the name of that? It was like a choir thing. And I, at one point, played, like, they have a the Madrigals. And they mm-hmm. had like a magical dinner, and I was not good enough singer to be in the magicals, but I was a good enough singer and funny enough to be like the kitchen wench comedy uh-huh. role. And I still have a picture of it because I remember it was before, so this would have been 2003 or so. Mm-hmm. And it was before we had a concept of contouring, but we're like, right. okay, so I'm going to like make my face dirty, but I'm going to make my face dirty like under my cheekbone, <laughs> and, like around my cleaves. Right. <laughs> Sexy dirt. Sexy dirt. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Okay. Yeah, that's basically how the scars are functioning. <laughs> so his evil double grows out of his shoulder in that, so that eye. Yes. And oh my God, that eye opening on his shoulder. I was like, nope, nope, I am not here for so that. Oh, vaginal. I hated it. it so he grew out of his shoulder. But then continued growing, and t- I was confused. Yeah, so like at first it's so at first it's just an eye, and then at some point it's like a head, and then there's a torso, and then he just like is his own body, and they're separate. And they're separate. I did enjoy his goody two shoes dance. I thought that was yes, that like bad Ash is like a good dancer, and like mm-hmm. good Ash has this like weird like okay, but okay, friend. It made- you look like somebody who like went to my Jewish high school. <laughs> Yeah, I really enjoyed. Well, and I was also confused. So when he kills Bad Ash, 
Does Badass yes. come back and he's one of the zombie guys? Oh, yeah. He's the head zombie guy. Okay. That's what I thought. But, like, they yeah. had so much makeup on him that I couldn't recognize him. So I thought maybe I was just confused. I think I think because, like, they'd, he'd, like, fucked up his face so much when he was killing him. Because right. they, like, hacked him up well, pretty okay. intensely. That's what I thought. But, like, they just didn't give me enough of, like, the face I should recognize. It was from, a weird like, decision. Yeah, like they went very hard on the makeup. Uh-huh. Well, a lot of strong makeup choices. Oh, yes. Movie. Oh, yes. Bad yeah. Out. So, yeah, he chainsaws up and him. And he also, like, he shoot, you know, he shoots him. He chainsaws him up, all sorts of things. He buries yeah. him. And because the severed head is still talking even now. Sure is. Also, nice touch that he put a cross on the grave. So, right. Really right. respectful there. Like, uh-huh. that. nice touch. <laughs> You thought they didn't talk about religion in this. I know, right? (laughs) It's also interesting because it's like in, you know, like vampire mythology, you'd think the cross was, I was like, oh, like, is the cross supposed to like accomplish something? Is that going to like keep him from rising? No, the cross is not. The cross is completely irrelevant. The cross. (laughs) It's nice that he took that time to to make that. You know, he really cares about evil, evil ash. Yeah. Yeah. Is that as his own corpse? It looks like his own horrifically dismembered corpse yeah is badass supposed to be a plan badass do we think oh i don't know mm, i hate it even <laughs> if it is <laughs> i'm not sure that makes it, it better right no it doesn't <laughs> somehow works so at this point he finally goes back to the graveyard oh and this is a moment where there are not one but three books which he did not plan for didn't plan for nobody seemed to know it no. And I'm still on the other side of this movie, unclear why there were three books and what if they were right. all three Necronomica. So, and he picks up one and it like sucks his face down. So we have a fun, like, like blah, 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 kind of face. And then, like he stretches his face out and he yeah. has to fix it. Yeah. It was kind of fun. I, I enjoyed yeah, that sort of. A little touch of humor. It was fun. I don't remember what the second book did. It just like tried to attack him and made a lot of very miscellaneous animal noises, like oh. some that you would associate with like an animal that might attack you. But then at some point it was definitely clucking like a chicken. <laughs> Chicken's the evilest of all the birds. <laughs> to be fair, chickens actually are assholes, I think. Yes, I believe so. That's true. Yeah. So like he defeats the chicken book and then I guess just looks at the third one and is like, I guess this is a Necronomicon based on, I get like, based on what? Like, how does he know the Necronomicon wasn't the first one that tried to eat him? Like, I, well, I don't know. Why did he not say that? So he's like, this is the one. So I'm going to say the words. I'm going to fuck up the words because I'm an idiot. But like, why didn't he say the words before he picked up the first two? Well, I think, he, hmm. I'm trying to remember, was he holding the book when he said the words? Does he have no, to hold I, the book? No, I think it was like why, before or while he was, gra- I, I could be wrong. It could be misremembering. But I felt like, because right. I think I kind of clocked it that I was like, well, he didn't say the words before he picked up the other two. So he's right. probably gambling with his life there. Right. Like he should have just said the words the first time he picked up any of them. But yeah, he he does not. And maybe if he had, they wouldn't have sucked his face in. I don't know. Yeah, that's I a mean, good they point. probably would have because he would have fucked up the words, but... It fucks up the words immediately. Clearly, yeah. Like, I think he gets the first two, and then he's like, I don't know, it says, like, Nietzsche, or it's not Nietzsche, but, like... No, he says, like, Nutella. He doesn't say Nutella. It's <laughs> like that. Right, it's like, funnier than whatever he said. Right, he's like, he, like, says something, and then he's like, it's, it's definitely an N-word. <laughs> but he, since he fucks it up, he then 
Does he realize right away? No, he doesn't realize because he brings the Necronomicon back. And- no, but he realizes relatively quickly that something's wrong because there are already like skeletons that start jumping out of the ground and attacking him. Oh, yeah. Like with their little hands. like a- Yeah. He's just like, okay. Like, so basically like that happens. But then clearly his hope is like, okay, clearly I fucked up. But maybe if I don't tell anyone, they won't notice and they'll just send me back home and I won't have to worry about it. Listen, I pulled that shit when I was like six through 14 (laughs) years old and it always went well. (laughs) I mean, that was definitely me the time when I was like 10 and like flushed cat litter down the toilet. Like, (laughs) oh, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't I don't know what's gone wrong. Who knows? Who really could ever know? No. And hopefully they'll blame my brother. I mean. Right. And, you know, if you don't have a sibling, it works way less well, unfortunately. <laughs> really our suspect number one in all. Yeah, it's it's too bad. <laughs> so, yeah. So he goes back and uh, the wise one is definitely at some point, he's like, something's like did not go well. Like something got fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine, but. And Ash is like, I definitely said the words. And the wise is like, exactly. He's like, close enough, right? Pretty much said them. Which, like, sir, it's three words. Like, you have to sort of stick the landing on that one. Why didn't he write them down? Unclear. (laughs) Why didn't he keep. It does make me aggressively angry that he was so dismissive of the wise one when the wise one's like, you keep repeating it. He's like, fuck you, old guy. Like,. And it's like, dude, haven't you learned? You've been, like, fighting these demons for, like, two whole movies. Like, haven't you learned that, like, maybe if somebody, like, I don't know, gives you some helpful and, like, tips that you should pay attention? Like, you're not going to remember these gibberish words. Like, you know that. Like, I'm pretty sure from my reading the Wikipedia summary that, like, these demons killed, like, his girlfriend and I think also maybe his sister. Oh, no. Man, we yeah. are not safe around this dude. Uh, oh, no. No, they are not. <laughs> I think for many reasons. Demon yeah. being one, sexual assault being a second one. I mean, hopefully not the sister, but other women. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> <Who knows>? Anyway. <laughs> so he yeah. owns up to fucking up, which is, at least he m- admitted he was wrong. Big step mm-hmm. forward for many male characters. Uh, everyone. Ew furious mm-hmm. rightfully so i would say yeah especially because he's like yeah whatever just send me back home and they're like um we're about to have like an army of the undead fall upon us and he's like he like basically says like that seems like a you problem which is not wrong. <laughs> this is literally not his word of fight <laughs> except that it is his fault well it is the so... you had one job and that yeah. was memorized three gibberish words and you right up and like from their perspective like the deal was you do this thing and then we send you home he arguably did not do the thing i mean even like the the little text at the bottom probably would have been like this is null and void if you immediately fuck this shit up and yeah 100 percent. like and I've, I've i've read medieval contracts like if there was a contract it would have that do they have fine print in medieval times? Like, yeah, an they don't have. They don't do. They like. They don't do that. Like, they don't like change the font in that way. Like, that's like a modern way of like hiding the terms of contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, that I that they did not do. But like, they're like contracts are long and they have a lot of conditions and like circumstances under which like the contract could be voided. Yeah. Like, uh, and so there's like all of this like verbiage that like this is what happens if like you're like air bitches about it. 
Yeah. Oh God. So I'm really mad at him, which is like, yeah, the the only reasonable reaction that happens in this entire really. thing is that everybody's really. angry at them. Yes. So he's just kind of sitting there, and then some demons show up, and a winged demon captures Sheila because Sheila is the only person who cannot fucking run. Why can't she run? I understand that special effects in the 90s were not great, but the way they show her, she because it like grabs her by the shoulders, right? And yes. they show her standing like with her arms up as if like right here is a great place to <laughs> my arms. It's perfect. This is like, this is the hook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't great. So they steal her. Yes. And at this point, Ash is on board, I guess. So there's a whole thing where Arthur and his men are like, yeah, they're going to steal our souls. Maybe we should just get out of here. And then, yeah, Ash is like, no, we have to fight them. And he and Arthur, like, bitch about it for a while because Arthur's like, is everyone from your time a loudmouth bragger? And he's like, no, just me, baby. Which it's like, do you that- like when he says baby every time he says it it like stings me in some way the one thing that i will say in favor of his tendency to say baby is that i appreciate that he says it equally to men and women apparently oh that's fair yeah that's just an annoying thing he says to everybody so it's not i know that right like it's atrocious and i hate it but i do appreciate that it's actually not gendered right yeah that's good yeah like good for you I guess. <laughs> sort of. Ugh. <laughs> Hate it so much. They also plan to team up with Henry the Red, which I guess at some point they contact him in some way. I don't know. We don't see that part. The The time frame of this movie is suspect. Right. It could take place all in one day. It could take place over a series of months or years. Yeah, it's extremely unclear. Unclear. Oh, yeah. And then Sheila gets brought to Demon Ash. Yes, who uses the same line of give me some sugar, baby, which is how you tell it's still Ash. Yeah, I can't believe that is <laughs> an idiot. <laughs> His face might be ripped apart, but he's still an asshole in the exact same way mm-hmm. and forcibly makes out with her in the exact same way. Yes. I am assuming that they fuck. So- or, well, that he rapes her would um i'm also assuming that she and ash fucked i i mean i don't doubt you i don't remember that being particularly explicit but whatever not explicit but there's a little where she's just like we didn't like all the words that we said to one another mean anything and i'm like oh "Oh, no way that that, no way there was like a whole thing where he like said a bunch of nice things to her unless you fucked absolutely not really because they do say she i remember like i kind of when she was like oh those words and i'm like what fucking words he said give me some sugar is that what you think (laughs) right like that to me in that to me implied that there was like a whole like sex scene that was edited out oh yeah i mean this movie did come in at like a hundred or like an hour 20 so (laughs) i wouldn't (laughs) You think away. Right. And also, I don't know. I don't know what this was rated, but I don't know. Maybe they decided that like including explicit sex scenes wasn't where they wanted to go. Did they drop any F words? I can't remember. I also don't remember. Okay, I'm looking it up. Obviously. Yeah. I need to know answers to things. I'm insufferable. <laughs> Sheila, so part of the reason that I am assuming that Sheila and Demon Ash have sex is because she then turns into a demon. Mm-hmm. Which 
I, I don't know that that seems like a more logical follow through to me that they actually like had sex and that, you know, they just made out and that was enough to like transfer the demon. That tracks. And also I was, oh, it's rated R. Okay. Also, I think I kept like looking down either at my notes or let's be honest, my phone. And then I would look up and it was like a different person who was Sheila and I could not make head nor tails. I am not clear of whether it was all the same actress in like variations of weird makeup that were not consistent from scene to scene. Yeah. Or I could also believe that at some point there was a different actress. I either seems believable to me. <laughs> also, I, I noted that she seemed to be the only character who speaks using like thee and thou. I don't think anybody else does it except for her. Right. I mean, it's this whole like awkward thing that it kind of drives me nuts when they like do that half-heartedly, especially because it's like, okay, yes, people would have spoken differently. Mm-hmm. People would have spoken differently and that people would have spoken like Chaucer. Sit yeah. down and like try to read the Canterbury Tales in Middle English. You going back in time would not understand a goddamn word. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I that shit in college. And I was like, I, d- I am an English major, not a Middle English major. Middle English? Is that what it is? Yeah, that's Middle English. Oh, yeah. I do remember my early uh, like medieval lit teacher or whatever did read the whole thing out loud and that did it for me. I was in. Yeah. Him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. No. And I mean, you know, I love the Canterbury Tales. Chaucer's yeah. great. But, yeah. you know, it's they would not be able to like mutually understand each other. And so like just acknowledge that like you're ignoring that and don't have like this like awkward like let's throw in a the here and there. You know what it reminds me of speaking of Phantom of the Opera that when that movie that movie takes place entirely in France, everybody speaks English, which is uh-huh. fine, except for the like head dance teacher who speaks with a very yes. French accent. Right. <laughs> that was a choice. It's just such a yeah, it's such a like weird decision. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is this the montage? Oh, where he uses science to help the dumb medievals. Yeah, 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 yeah. This was um, I want to talk about the fight choreography that he taught everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Which he does a lot of like yelling in this movie and then makes all of his like people also yell. Like, Hoo, huh. And also every time he right. has a horse to move, he goes, yeah, which is I've been riding a horse since I was 10. I don't think I've ever yelled. Yeah, but what do I and really in the horse moved without that? I'm shocked. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm, I'm a particularly gifted horse person. Uh, <laughs> oh God! And so they. Oh my! So somehow this this medieval community has one of those things where you hang an engine. Yes. So they could like soup up his Oldsmobile or whatever it was. Right. He turned that into a tank. Yeah, he turns that into a tank. He also, like, pulls out of his trunk. He has, like, a Chem 101 textbook, mm-hmm. which apparently has, like, full instructions for making gunpowder. Yeah, I don't want to be too judgmental of him, but I don't think he's the kind of guy who carries a bunch of books in the trunk of his car. I also don't get that vibe, no. Yeah, but what do I know? This is the only movie I've ever seen him in. Maybe maybe they've established he's, like, a professorial type. Maybe he started that after they st- after he started getting attacked by demons. Oh, sure. He thought he should have some reference material on him. Yeah. <laughs> that was how I took it, is that the whole trunk was basically set up for, like, impromptu demon fighting. I kind of like that reading of it. 
I'm, I don't know if that's justified by the previous movies, but no, it's canon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then the undead army invades. I love the undead army. I think they are adorable. <laughs> I <laughs> love their costumes. I liked the people who like clearly were basically wearing like a Halloween skeleton. Out, like, oh, yeah. I enjoyed that thoroughly. Yes. Like, okay. And I also love, okay. So the skeletons have musical instruments, which are just smaller skeletons, <laughs> which is like both adorable and disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm kind of into it. I also, I will say, I really liked the touch that they're wearing a wide variety of different helmets from different historical periods, which doesn't always mean that they're right. There actually is like, there's like, this is a Viking because he has a horned helmet. And actually there's no evidence that the Vikings wear horned hel- wore horned helmets, which is the whole thing. When did that myth start? Because I know it's not true, but I don't know where the origins of it. Is it like in the opera? I wanna, yeah, I want to say it like came up in like operas in, I don't know, the 18th, 19th century. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's really wild how we yeah sure almost everything in history wrong. <laughs> right? It's really fascinating. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, I like that concept of like where it's not just the dead rising from our community, but like yeah. the dead from history. I like that. I'll give yeah, you. That. I thought I thought that was cool. That like visual illustration of the fact that like the dead they come from different periods. Like there are Viking dead, there's Roman dead. Like it's nice. So like that's that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and they're all working together. That's nice. <laughs> United across time and space by their hatred for Ash. Yes. And like humanity, I guess. Yeah, sure. But you know. So they attack. A lot of things get blown up with mm-hmm. gunpowder. Mm-hmm. The undead break into the castle with a battering ram. And it is so fast. Like, I don't know what's happening, but like, they are just like, people in the castle are like aggressively bad at siege uh-huh. warfare. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. also like the speed with which this battering ram gets through. And also like looking at this door from certain angles, like it looks like it is made of Ikea particle board. <laughs> I, what I liked about this fight scene is it was like a lo-fi battle of Helm's Deep from the Lord yes. of the Rings. <laughs> It has all the same like beats in it, except for right. much dumber. Right. And also the Battle of Helm's Deep. I think they actually say that it takes like five days or something. Oh, yeah. Whereas yeah. this is like, this takes like an hour, maybe? I don't know. It's not yeah. clear. Yeah. How do you kill the undead? I guess you explode them? That seems to be the most effective means, yes. Is that like fire explosion? Because if you, I mean, you, like, you can't, I mean, you can't really stab them, right? Well, and obviously chainsawing them to bits isn't going to work. I think then you just have skeletons in bits, which makes them less effective, but they're not entirely dead. But I would argue more creepy. Yeah. Like just rattling around the ground. Wouldn't like that at all. Yeah. He also, okay, so he gets in the car, which is like a tank. At which point he says, say hello to the 21st century, which I found very confusing since this movie was made in 1992. I did not catch it. the 21st century and i think that's like an old car for 1992 right like <laughs> it's not like a late model like fancy car right it's like do, do you not know what century you're in i didn't notice that do you think that was a bit or do you think they just got mixed up i was really i i don't know i was like what is this supposed to be a joke i i don't get it is he just supposed to be dumb or the writers are dumb I, and also the fact that he goes to 21st century i feel like the more common 
mistake would be called right. the 19th century, yes. which I still struggle with. I'm 34 <laughs> years old and I have to think real hard before I say the century instead of like the 1900s. Right. Yeah. That- <laughs> I was just so confused by that. I would give anything to know if that was an actual mistake or a bit. Yeah, I I, I, might I, have a, a mistake. <laughs> I kind of hope it was just a mistake. Oh, and that they were like, eh, it's fine. We we don't need to fix it. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh uh, god, he attacks Demon Sheila. Although he doesn't want to like drive over her with the car, and mm-hmm. so he breaks oddly and like wrecks the car, which was a bad idea. Yeah, I would say he probably needs that car. It's the yeah. only piece of machinery that they have at their disposal. Yeah. And also again can't say this enough this car this tank car is driving around their little courtyard area and everyone's chill the dead people are like well not again like it's just (laughs) just the things that don't surprise people is incredible right like everybody is just very calm and i i could kind of see that like all right you're fighting an army of the undead maybe a car just like doesn't seem that weird anymore yeah, I guess. I bet that's a through line in your podcast of like how unfazed people are about yeah. various things. It's actually a big thing for me in the Night Before Christmas episode where like it is this one dude and he travels forward in time and he is just so chill about everything. I really, I just listened to it yesterday and I really liked when he got mad about pants. Like she's wearing pants. <laughs> And it's like, okay, and it's like, wait, so like you're commenting on, yeah, and it's like, yeah, and it's like, but yeah, so like the guy does not like get upset about that. And I'm like, and I'm like, why are you, don't you find this weird? Why are you like so relaxed about like technology? Like somebody's like taking a photo of you and you're like, great, this is normal. Like what is wrong with you? I am also obsessed with any like time travel movie when somebody comes forward in time that they call everything a dragon. (laughs) Oh, yes. It's like, come on. Like, you know they didn't have dragons then, right? Like, you you, you know dragons didn't just, like, go extinct in the year 1500, right? <laughs> I watched, like, part of a documentary, and I can't find it anymore, about how dragons are one of the few pieces of mythology that can be found in almost every culture. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting. It is really cool. And, like, dragon lore in the Middle Ages is really interesting. Yeah. But it's like they they didn't, like, have them. They weren't, like, in the countryside stealing their cows. Like, like some people, I think, believed dragons were real, but they knew that they weren't, like, around. Right. They were like, here are all of these places that we don't go to, and I think some dragons live there. Yeah. What's that famous thing on maps? Like, here there be monsters? Like, here, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I mean, so, like, in a lot of this, in a lot of these bestiaries, there are all of these scenes of, like, dragons fighting elephants. Sure. That makes sense, I guess. <laughs> which partially does imply that they thought the dragons and elephants are in the same place, which is not Western Europe. Yeah, I guess when you have not been, if you've never seen a an elephant or a rhinoceros, it seems just as reasonable for those things to be real as a dragon or a unicorn. Right. Like, and, you know, in elephants, they actually, like, in elephants, they know are real because, like, there aren't a ton of elephants happening, but, like, they're, like, Charlemagne actually got an elephant as a gift ooh. from the Caliph in Baghdad. He, like, sent him a pet elephant. How long did that <laughs> elephant live? I bet they didn't have good care for them. Uh, I think, like, a few, a few years at least. Okay. Yeah, well, like, I guess die immediately or anything. Yeah, I guess they are similar to keeping horses. Like, you just need a I lot think, of food yeah. and yeah. space. All right. Yeah, like it, it 
it probably didn't have quite as much space as it should have had, unfortunately. No. Like, like the entire Serengeti. Yeah, I'd argue right. they didn't have that there. Yeah, so like probably not <laughs> enough space, but like, you know, I'm sure they like were up, you know, but I think they were like able to feed it. Yeah. Who's Duke Henry? That's the guy from before. Henry oh, the Red. Henry the Red. Got it. I yeah. didn't realize he was a Duke. <laughs> oh, yes. He is he a Duke. I forgot to write down his full title, but it's something like Duke Henry of the Shael, Lord of the Northlands. It's like this whole thing that it's like, that's so much detail and none of it means anything. I do like the generic Northlands. Oh, like, yeah. Right? No matter where they are, it's just North. Yeah. Them. It's very Game of Thrones, like King in the North. Yeah, exactly. There's just arbitrary lines that like grid up their country. Right. It's like, yeah, don't worry about it. Also, I don't know what this country is. Like, it's fine. <laughs> uh, so he shows up. Men arrive. Evil Ash is going for the book. Demon Sheila and regular Ash are fighting. There's this like weird bit where she's all like, you found me beautiful once. And he responds, honey, you got real ugly and then pole vaults her off a wall. Yeah, that definitely felt like somebody's first draft. And they're like, we're going to put this yes. down. We're going to circle back. We're going to we're going to punch this up a little bit because we're definitely not going to leave. Honey, you got real ugly. <laughs> our feature film. <laughs> As like this. This is the height of banter. Oh, my God. So clever. Oh, what a word words that Ash has. And it also just I'm so, like it also just very much feels like the point of it is uh, Yes, now that women are ugly and you don't want to fuck them, they're extra disposable and you should throw them off a roof. Yeah, well, and it's also the Cassarian thing of like, if you are ugly on the outside, you're ugly on the inside. Right, yeah, which, which is very much. Yeah, which we still do a lot in culture, but like, oh, yeah. that was definitely the base of it. So like, as soon as she got ugly, or as soon as she became evil, she got ugly because one yeah, both beautiful and evil. Right, yeah. I guess. Yeah. According to rules. Yeah. Like that was a whole philosophy Mm -hmm. that people had. Yeah. Honey, you got real ugly. Pole vaulted her off the wall. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. He has this then whole fight with evil Ash and evil Ash keeps like fighting him. And the book is like right there, like within, like within grasp. And it's like, why don't you grab the book while you're doing this? I feel like your whole deal is that you want the book. Like, I feel like you should just grab the book and Mm -hmm. he's not doing it. And that really bothers me. Yeah, because it seems like the fight itself is more important than the goal of the fight, which ostensibly is to get that book. Yes. But they're just so into the fighting. <laughs> right. And it's also unclear because, like, on the one hand, his goal seems to be the book. But on the other hand, sometimes they seem to be implying that his goal is actually just to get Ash. Yeah, I'm not. That's actually a very good point. What is the motivation of the of the evil army? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Is it possible I'm the first person to ever ask that question about this movie? <laughs> like it's it's not, um, it's not impossible. Like I feel like that's I feel like that's not a question that when you are like drunk watching this movie, you ask. <laughs> well, it also harkens back to like watching movies as a kid. And I remember I don't remember how old I was, but I remember watching something and it finally clicked in like, wait this person is just evil for the sake of being evil. That doesn't make any sense. And like, this feels very much like a Disney movie ask of like, just causing chaos, Uh fucking shit up. Doesn't matter how it happens. Right. It's very much like that type of like, you know, which is like a fantasy trope. It's very Tolkien. Yeah. 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 Good and evil. Yes. Yeah. Black and white. So, you know, it's, it's, it's fine, I guess. It is what it is. (laughs) It's not the worst part of this movie. (laughs) Oh no. Far from it. 
Yeah. They're fighting. Fire is kind of helpful, but the fire just, I guess, burns off his, like, the remainder of his flesh and makes him just a skeleton, which I actually found confusing at first because I was like, wait, is that, is this skeleton now what this dude looks like? And wasn't that he also wearing, like, a skull hat? Yes, I believe so. And so he became a skull with a skull hat. I don't know. Again, (laughs) not the thing I should be caring about in this movie, but it (laughs) It just felt redundant. Right. So Ash like falls off the wall and is somehow totally fine falling off this wall. Well, that's the thing is if you're a good guy, you can fall from great heights and be fine. Yes. Oh my God. You know what I know? Sorry. This is quick sidebar to the very beginning of the movie when he like Mm -hmm. lands in that. Yeah. It literally looks like there's like a gym mat on the ground where he lands. (laughs) And it, like, looked like what we had in, like, junior high when you, like, roll out the mat so you can do somersault uh-huh. or whatever. I was like, well, that's handy. Good for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. it was like, great. Very convenient. I don't think this movie was meant for HGTV. <laughs> right. So, and then it's another, like, motivation issue, right? Because the bad guy has the book. And if you thought that the motivation was that he needed to get the book, then what he should be doing now is taking the fuck off with the yeah. book. But he doesn't. He jumps down so he can kill Ash. At which point, Ash, like... I don't know, Ash gets him to be on top of the catapult of filled with gunpowder, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that tracks. And, like, cuts off the hand that's holding the book, so he gets the book and then, like, catapults him into the sky where he gets blown up. I have no notes. That was perfect. <laughs> that, I think that's the best That's the best I can do. Yeah, and and that, as in so many movies, as soon as it's, like, cutting the head off a snake, like, as soon as yeah. the leader is exploded everyone's like oh i guess we're done here right the army just takes the fuck off and <laughs> sheila's like fixed now <laughs> you so see cool. her like what like the like pasty makeup like washing off her face as she returns to her normal complexion so little thought put into what's going on with this poor woman oh just like really nothing no yeah they've won yeah yeah, that's, yeah. Henry yeah. Arthur makeup, which is fine. And everyone starts yelling, we're brothers and a new kingdom shall be born. What kingdom? Who's going to rule it? I don't know. Yeah, kingdoms. Don't worry u- about it. A kingdom usually denotes a single king. So it usually, yes. It's, like, it's definitely right. going to be a civil war in like two and a half years. Oh, clearly. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. The wise one then gives Ash his potion that he's prepared and he has to drink that and recite these same fucking words. Because they cannot be bothered to think of three other gibberish words. No. I do like it's just their catch-all phrase. Like, whenever you oh, need yeah. to do math, it's like abracadabra. Whenever you need to do math, right. like, these are you the words. You just say this. Say. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then the magic does. Right. Which makes it, by the way, even more inexplicable that he still can't fucking remember them. Yo, that should have been tattooed <laughs> across his fucking face. Right? Like, again, write it down. Your chemistry textbook. Write it down on your chemistry textbook. We know you have paper. <laughs> we, exactly. Like, and you know, I because you know, I get it for the medieval people. Like, paper was expensive back then. Sure. You know, it's like the skin of a cow. Like, uh, you know, they're still assuming we're in England. Paper, paper is actually still not in common usage, although it yeah. is in uh, Spain by this point for certain things. But England, I think it still wouldn't be. Sure. But, you know, he's got a fucking textbook. He can figure yeah, it out. Yeah, he's got paper. Sheila goes off uh, to, like, travel to him to wherever he's going to take the potion. And she, I guess, wants him to stay for some reason. 
I, I thought she was going to go with him because clearly with her name, she belongs in the 1990s. But oh God. And Sheila is an Australian name, right? Well, Sheila is, I think, is an Australian word that means hot woman. Yeah. So I actually looked up the name Sheila. It is the Irish form of the Latin name Cecilia. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So Cecilia, you know, it wasn't super common at this period, but it could have been a name. I can't 100% guarantee that, like, in specifically Ireland right in this point, that Mm -hmm. there couldn't have been anyone named Sheila. Like, maybe. Maybe there could have been a Sheila. Yeah. But not in, like, I, but I don't think this is supposed to be Ireland. So I don't know why she's Sheila. No. And also, as soon as they said the name Sheila, it, like, rang out, like, a, yes. like, like a weird bad note. Like, it just. Yeah. It's and it's so over. weird because, like, it's not that hard. Mm-mm. Like, if you look at a medieval text. Name her Mary. Just name everybody Mary. Yes. There's like six names, like Mary, Elizabeth, Catherine. Like, just look at who are the wives of Henry VIII. Mary, like, well, Mary is a daughter, but like Elizabeth, Catherine, Jane, like, you're fine. That's like that, like that, like Henry VIII's family, like that's four already. Those are good. This is not where you needed to like be creative and really stretch your, right. your creative reins. Like you don't. And everybody keeps trying to be creative and nobody was creative. Like I have an actual, I have more than one document where I have things along the lines of like, so this is Catalonia. So I'll have like, there's a man named Francesc, Fra- uh-huh. so like Francis, and his wife is named Francesca, Great. and they have a daughter who they also named Francesca, and then she marries a man named Francesc. Like wow. this is like this is the level of creativity that we are working with in the real Middle Ages. Like <laughs> that's like on par with how Mike Mike Tyson, George Foreman, named all of his kids George Foreman. <laughs> <laughs> right, like you wouldn't name all of your kids the same things, but like. Do you and all and your five siblings all have a child with the same name? Absolutely. <laughs> or I, I learned uh, recently that in like 17th, 18th century, if you had a child who died, and you, oh, had yeah. child, you would just recycle that name. Like, yeah. I'd hate a good name to go to waste. Yeah, like, I mean, like, there aren't that many names, like, you know. Yeah. And also, like, it was probably, like, you know, you probably named the kid, like, after your father or something. And right. so it's like, okay, we still want to, like, honor this person. Yeah. So we'll just, like, use that name again. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, he thinks about staying, which why he hates it there. Yep. I guess so he can, like, fuck this woman. But then he remembers, oh, right, women are disposable. I don't need to stay here. <laughs> There's women I can abuse in every century. Yep. He goes back to the present and is, like, telling some poor, he, like, works in a hardware store, I guess. Yeah. And is telling some other poor hardware store clerk this whole story. At which point this dude, I like this dude. I want a movie about this dude who just at the end is like, did you say the words right this time? (laughs) (laughs) Only sensible person in this movie. (laughs) To which he's like, yeah, more or less. Yeah. And so then there's some, some other woman who like heard the story and is like, I think that's sexy. Oh God. (sighs) This, this part when he does this whole thing about like how he could have been a king but in his own way yeah the king no no so like yeah because also like so so more undead appear right and he like kills the undead whatever oh yeah and then at the end he's like standing there like with his shotgun and like grabbing at this woman with his other hand and says sure i could have stayed in the past could have been king but in my own way i am king hail to the king baby are you though sir Right? Like, I don't want to be classist, but, like, you work in a hardware store. No, that's what I was trying to think. And I was like, <laughs> do whatever you want to do, but, like, it's not even, like, yeah, no. In, in what way are you a king besides being, like, a white dude? 
Right. Yeah. Like he is a white dude who will continually fail upward and will never get in trouble for like wandering around constantly with a gun that he probably doesn't have a permit for. (laughs) What a dick. Yep. (laughs) Then he does the uh, swoop kiss on that poor and woman. Ugh. Which I hate that shit so, I hate so much. Ugh. Yeah, like these just like supr- like aggro surprise kisses. It's like just just stop, just stop doing this. Also, when he leaned into that kiss, I made a noise because his mouth was just like a gape coming at her, like <laughs> like <laughs> eat her lips. It oh was uncomfortable. There is a thing that I can't help but notice. It's one of those things like once you see it, you can't unsee it. Uh-huh. Seeing people who seem like they're bad kissers on screen. Yes. Mark Wahlberg famously looks like a fucking terrible kisser. But <laughs> so infrequent that I see somebody ki- like kiss on screen. I'm like, oh my God, that's beautiful and romantic. Because a lot of times they like really go in with like mouth agape, like teeth first. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't look right. Bad. It's like, it looks like you're eating her face. No, I don't like it at all. No, it's bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. Movie? Yeah, so that was the movie. I think we've been talking about the movie as longer than the actual movie was. Uh, yeah, so at this point, we have surpassed the length of the movie. <laughs> so uh, at this point, we can now get into, we've already discussed a little bit of this, but the Vera et Falso segment of what the movie gets right and what the movie gets wrong. Spoiler alert. It's mostly wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see what they got right, actually. Yeah, we're low on that. But there's there's like there's something. I think there's I think I have one thing. First, in terms of like things that are not great. At the first at the beginning, he's like, I'm a slave. And then there's also this whole thing where they have, you know, the captives and the captives are going to all be summarily killed. Mm -hmm. First of all, he's not a slave. He's a captive. And those are different categories uh-huh while captives in war could be enslaved under certain circumstances those circumstances matter and a big one is basically that like christians aren't allowed to enslave other christians oh, that's handy for the christians right and when muslims aren't allowed to enslave other muslims you uh-huh. know and jews would have the same thing but it doesn't really matter because jews don't have any power so they don't get to enslave anybody poor <laughs> <laughs> jews Right. And the Christians are like a little flexible about it. So like Eastern Christians don't count as real Christians so they can enslave them. That's handy. (laughs) But you know, like this is clearly like, this is, they're from like the next town over, right? Like, you know, you, it's like England fighting Scotland basically, like is what I feel like the vague implication is. Like you can't then just like enslave all the Scots. Right. But they tried. Well, yeah. (laughs) So he's not a slave. And also if you had this situation where you had all of these captives who are clearly like wealthy, important people, you don't just throw them in a murder pit. Right. You are like, you, you charge a ransom for them and then you get a ton of money and then you send them home. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how it's supposed to work. Cause like at what, what good are they doing? Just destroying none entire armies worth of people. Like none. Yeah. yeah. No, it doesn't make any sense. And uh, like there, there are rules like associated with war like there are rules of conduct that you are expected to follow right and like you look like an asshole if you don't follow them and like that gets around and then maybe you know next time you're in a war people won't feel the need to follow these rules with your people right 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 so you don't just like throw all the people in a murder pit that's right they do there's rules of war for a reason yeah so that's not that's not right at all that's bad <laughs> <laughs> And then I want to talk about the wise man. 
this is a guy who I feel like if this movie made even the slightest effort to have reference to the real Middle Ages would be like a cleric of some kind. Like he would be like a priest or a bishop or a monk or something. Yeah, they aggressively sidestep any kind of religious topic. Oh, yes. Which is a common problem in medieval films that they just like low-key pretend religion does not exist. Right. And yeah, the wise man I feel like is the like most like aggressive feature of that. And, and also just like the whole kind of dynamic that like, it's Christianity. Like they have a concept of demons. Like they have right. things that they might like try to do that are like within the realm of Christianity to like deal with like demons or think about demons. Mm-hmm. And like none of that is, you know, present at all. <laughs> and instead you just have this dude who's like a shitty wizard, basically. Is he even that? Does he do any magic besides giving him the gibberish words? He makes a potion. Oh, he does make that potion. Yeah, that and it's a time travel potion. So like that that seems kind of that's kind of like magic. <laughs> they didn't really bury the lead on the fact that he had a time travel potion. <laughs> Which also is like, wait, what? You just if you just get this book, you can just make up time travel potions? And nobody uses it as no. ash. No. Maybe it only works to get you to the time that you're supposed to be in. Oh, could be. Or maybe yeah. everybody loves living in medieval generic Europe and doesn't want to give that maybe. up. Give up their great lives of sleeping on hay and such. I mean, I could see that, like, if you didn't know what the... Like, I'm not sure I would just, like, willy-nilly go to the future oh, and, no. like, assume it was better. Absolutely not. I'm definitely <laughs> speaking from a person who in the 21st century understands it many ways. It's objectively better. Right. And definitely, honestly, like if these people right now, if they went up forward into the future and ended up in 2020, I feel like they'd be like, nope, nope, send me back, buddy. Nope, nope, nope. Absolutely not. Although I bet they'd love TV. Yeah. Sometimes I think about like how entertained people would be by TV. (laughs) Right. I feel like it's like, have you watched Futurama? Yes. So that bit where Bender becomes human and just like it gets like unhealthily obsessed with like food and alcohol and like and all of these things and he just like can't stop like indulging himself uh-huh. in these specifically human ways. Yeah. I feel like that actually would happen with people from the past who like came and found TV. Mm-hmm. Like just thinking about like imagine being like from medieval Europe and then eating like a slice of Wonder Bread and how like soft <laughs> it is. Like wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> I feel like I feel like it would be weird. Like there are certain things that I feel like they would definitely like. I don't know. I feel like if they had winter bread, they'd be like, "Why is this bread so weird?" No, I like soft bread though. <laughs> I guess it's a matter of personal taste. No. I, I, perso- I personally like harder bread. So, <laughs> <laughs> and somehow we get along despite of our major differences. <laughs> I won't send you any of my like ultra crusty sourdoughs that I've been baking. I mean, as a kid, I used, if we went out to, like, an Italian place and they would give us Italian bread, I would just, like, tear out the middle part. (laughs) I like soft bread. And I was a monster. (laughs) Yeah. They, they might they would have they would have a different experience with yes. bread certainly in the future and I just feel like I don't know like having like ice cream mm, I think anything sweet would be a real trip like anything overly <laughs> sweet right well because also like so they still at this point don't have chocolate as of yet because yeah. chocolate's new world food mm-hmm. so yeah that'd yeah. be good yeah it's like a spoonful of Nutella oh right oh, might have that why, why, I'm just gonna eat a tub of this. <laughs> Why does everyone eat anything else? Right. And just the idea of having to like work out to like maintain your fitness. And they're like, our life is a fucking workout. (laughs) It's like, I have to go work on the farm now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The one thing that, okay, there is something 
Okay. Ash runs into a windmill, and tower mills of this type did exist hey! in England in the late uh, late 13th and early 14th centuries. So I'll I'll buy it in around 1300. I'll uh, I'll give them that this windmill. Yay! You know the the IKEA mirror doesn't look super authentic, but uh, you know they. I mean, they did have mirrors. I think it's unlikely that there would have been a mirror in this windmill because mirrors are expensive. Yeah, that's fair. But you know, mirrors did exist. And fun fact, referencing the fact that he picks up his face with a spatula. Spatulas are like three thousand years old. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that didn't. I mean, I guess that makes sense. It's just like a flat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like spatulas apparently like really took off during the Iron Age. Okay. Which was like, I think, I don't know, around like 600 BCE. Huh. It's very interesting. (laughs) Spatula. (laughs) Spatula So far. (laughs) So yeah, you know, good, good spatula use, everybody. Congratulations. Good job. And, well, then in the next segment, the Historia at Veritas, where I talk about a real historical event person or phenomenon, I think I might make the argument that this movie, I don't know, has allusions to historical, to kind of real historical understandings of demons, maybe sort of. Mm, I feel like you're being very generous, but continue. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being pretty generous, yes. <laughs> I really guess we mean that they have demons, but, you know, that's fine. Sure. That's really most of it in terms of what they get right. <laughs> but, but so the reason that I wanted to do this movie in particular at this precise moment in time in 2020 <laughs> is that it was the movie that I thought afforded one of the better opportunities to talk about demon sex, which is in the news. Yeah. 2020, everybody. Demon sex. It's in the news. That was not on my bingo card, I have to say. No, I was not guessing that. <laughs> Right. So, okay, you know, you, you'd clearly know, you, I'm sure, know more about this part than I do, since you are, um, y- you do a podcast where you talk about things that happened within the last 500 years. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Trump picks and chooses the people he is going to listen to randomly, seemingly at random. Yes. And I think he just seeks out the wildest shit a person can say. And so on July 27th, Don Jr. So his, is Don Jr. the smart son or the dumb son? Oh, I thought they were both the dumb son. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> he tweeted a video uh, featuring Dr. Stella Emanuel. She is, um, I think, God, was she nine? She got her, her doctorate. She's like a medical doctor. She's mm-hmm. practicing in Texas. So she's like a legit doctor. I cannot believe she still has her medical license. <laughs> She is technically a, a successful, I don't know, competent medical professional yeah, in theory. Like at least licensed, one. licensed medical professional. Yes. <laughs> I mean, this this video, I, she just has all these weird fringe beliefs, including yeah. that she believes that was it dep- something is caused by having sex with demons. I can't it's remember what it is. Various oh, uh, gynecological conditions. So I think cysts and endometriosis. That's right. Were both uh, listed as potentially caused by demon sex. Yeah. So I'm not sure exactly why she got it got onto Don Junior's radar, <laughs> but it's true. She's truly a wild person. Who? Oh yes really has, I would argue, a 13th century understanding of that. 
even though, and I can't be clear enough about this, she's a doctor. She's a medical yes. doctor. She's yes. Oh, she's from Cameroon. She also thinks that she's. I think the reason that people glommed onto her is that she is backing up Trump's theory that um, hydroxychloroquine can right. cure COVID, which and she's also anti-mask, right? I believe she is anti-mask. As yeah, um, she says they're unnecessary. So face masks, social distancing, yeah, all unnecessary. Which is wild because again, I'm not going to stop saying this. She is a medical doctor. <laughs> <laughs> She's also from um, Firepower Ministries, mm-hmm. which is a uh, it's 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 charismatic Christianity. Uh-huh. Um, she operates out of a, if I'm remembering correctly, she operates out of a a strip mall. Like her mm-hmm. doctor's office is in a strip mall that's like in the same strip mall as her church. So like, <laughs> oh, that's easy. It's all right there. Yeah. Convenient. Well, I'm just looking up her various fringe claims. She, she thinks endometri- yeah, endometri- endometriosis, infertility, miscarriages, and STDs are all created by spirit spouses, is what she calls. Uh-huh. She also thinks that space aliens and the Illuminati mm. are manipulating society and government. So okay. that's right. I mean, she's right on that one, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the lizard people are a real threat. Yes, absolutely. Oh, she also, oh, I remember. So Facebook took down one of her videos Uh um, because it's garbage nonsense. And she said that Jesus Christ would destroy Facebook servers if the video was not restored. (laughs) I I await eagerly Jesus Christ destroying the Facebook servers. Yeah, as of this recording, it has not happened. I mean, Mm. I would miss our Facebook group. Other than that, Facebook can go fuck itself. Yeah. Oh, President Trump said, uh, quote, I thought she was very impressive. And it said mm. that from where she came, I don't know what country she comes from, obviously. Oh, but she said she's had tremendous success with hundreds of different patients. I thought her voice mm. was an important voice, but I know nothing about her. So he both distanced himself and praised her, which is yeah. within within a sentence. He said, I don't know who she is, but I think she's great, which is an incredible <laughs> Right? Not mid-sentence. I mean, he's also the person who thought Frederick Douglass was still alive. So, like... Have you heard about this Fred- Frederick Douglass? are you talking about? great things these days. <laughs> what an idiot our president is. Yeah. So, yeah, that's her. Yeah. So, inspired by that, I wanted to share some fun facts about the historical antecedents to beliefs about demon sex as a thing that happened. Sure. So this actually is goes back to about uh, 2400 BCEs. How many years is that? Like over 4000 years ago? That's a lot of years. <laughs> there are Mesopotamian myths uh, that involve a figure called Lilu, who is a demon who engaged in sex with sleeping women. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You also have references to evil spirits of various kinds in the Hebrew Bible and the Apocrypha. One of the more relevant ones uh, is in the Book of Tobit, which is Jews don't care about it. I think Catholics do, and then the other Christians do different things with it. Do you think that these uh, these myths were created to explain otherwise unexplainable pregnancies? Potentially. I feel like a lot of our history is just based around women excusing how they got knocked up. Yeah, maybe. I can I can see that, that it's like, a, you know, I don't know, must have been a demon. Who knows? I certainly didn't have sex with anybody. I can tell you that right goddamn now. Right. And then it's interesting, too, because it is actually also, so I'll mention in a minute that there's also a concept of female demons or 
female passing demons. I'm not like, I, cause it's unclear whether they're really like exactly, I'll get to that. Oh, okay. But that there's also like female demons who would have sex with men. And that's an explanation for nocturnal emissions. Gross, but hilarious. Right? <laughs> Like it must so have they, been must have been the demon. And so they think that these demons are only interested in like thirteen to seventeen year old <laughs> boys. <laughs> and that they just lose interest. Uh and monks. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that tracks also. <laughs> yeah, because they're like really sexually oh, unsatisfied. Uh, I this is not the place for this conversation, but I would love to hear about why celibacy became such an important cornerstone in most religions. I know this is not like the time or place, but I would like read a book on that. I would, I would love to have a conversation with you in the future about okay. celibacy. I think the history of celibacy is really fascinating. Great, yeah, great, great, great. Because it's, it's actually, especially because it's not most religions. It's like weird Christianity. Oh, uh huh. Because like there's like sexual exclusivity and monogamy in other ones, but like like it's like in a lot of them, it's really about controlling women. Male celibacy is like really only a Christian thing. Interesting. And did you know that? They, the Catholic Church is having so much trouble finding uh, finding <laughs> that in South America they're considering lifting the celibacy uh, right. thing because yeah. they cannot get shockingly cannot get enough dudes to be like to yeah, like yeah. sign up to never have sex right I will never <laughs> no probes it will be great it's also interesting because they're going to let's just drop celibacy before they're saying well maybe if we let women also do this uh, like maybe we'd slightly expand the pool of people who are willing to do like do this whole no sex thing yeah, now you're being hysterical <laughs> <laughs> like that's just crazy women yeah. nah, come on yeah, <laughs> Oh my God, what a weird world we live in. Yeah. Yeah, so we have, uh, there is a great story in the book of Tobit about a woman who keeps getting betrothed and there's this like demon who wants to fuck her who murders her fiance every time she gets engaged. It's so funny. I, as you said that, I was reading a paragraph about Tobit from from a website about, about <laughs> the There you go. Yeah, Tobit's relevant. And we also have in the Acts of Thomas, which is a third century early Christian text that didn't like quite make it into the New Testament, mm-hmm. that there is a demon who just like found this one woman that he was into and raped her repeatedly every night for five years. That seems deeply unpleasant. Yeah. We also have demon sex in the Jewish tradition. Midrash is, uh, is a Jewish tradition, which is essentially like Bible fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, I'm only referring to Christian literature as Bible from now on. There's a lot of stuff that I feel like could fit into that category. Uh-huh. So they have a lot of stories involving demon sex. The Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer, which is like 8th, 9th century, claims that Eve had sex with the demon Samael and that that's actually where Cain came from. So Cain and Abel are actually then half-brothers, according to this midrash. Oh, so where did their wives come from is my question. It's generally my follow-up question about Cain and Abel. Yeah, I mean, you know, the like the answer is probably still like a lot of incest, but you know. <laughs> it's hard it's hard to get from Adam and Eve to our present population without oh. a hell of a lot of incest. Oh no, it is it is not possible. The the incest is there, especially because like there's the Adam and Eve and then there's that. And then there's like, oh, and then we're gonna start over, kill everybody, and have Noah uh-huh. and restart the incest. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause like the 
sons bring wives, but that still means the kids are marrying like their first cousins. Their first cousins, which yeah. I don't think first cousins is a huge problem genetically, but I think once you start, you continue to like Right. When it's like your Yeah. Like when your tree is like a circle for like multiple generations, like it's, I feel like that isn't great. It's a family wreath. <laughs> <laughs> Then there's also the female uh, demonic sex option, which is, uh, so the, the alphabet of Ben Sira, which is written at sometime between like 700 and 1,000, you know, who knows with these things. Uh-huh. And according to this, so you know how in the Bible there's that bit where there's actually two different versions of the creation of Adam and Eve, and the first just says God created male and female, and then the second is like, is the rib thing. Yeah, yeah, the first one is uh, Lilith, right? So that's how, so this is the origins of that, is this oh, text from the... 8th to 11th century whenever uh-huh. is uh, this idea that the first one that the reason there are two stories is because it's actually referencing two different women and one of them was Lilith and then like Lilith took off and because she didn't like want to be submissive to Adam she became a baby killing demon yeah as you do I'm into Lilith as a general right? <laughs> historical or mytho- mythological figure I think she's mm. dope yeah no I love Lilith so she is presented as the consort of various demons as well as a demonic figure who then goes and has sex with sleeping men is the term succubus a catch-all for all female demons who do this or is that more specific or do you yeah know? so the so the term suck the term succubus and incubus and incubus basically yeah just refer to essentially like the demonic in female form in the case of a succubus or male form in the case of an incubus okay, yeah gotcha. And uh, so, yes, there's also a couple other, like, fun demon sex facts. There's a 15th century Arthurian text, the Prose Merlin in Middle English, which attributes the conception of Merlin to demon sex. So basically, uh, according to Christian legend, Jesus went down and, like, let all of the people who lived before Jesus who were good, like all the, you know, top hits of the Hebrew Bible, like, let them all (laughs) out of hell. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all the greatest hits. Oh, like an all-star band. <laughs> right? Like, it's basically that. Like, here comes King David on the harp. <laughs> that got me. <laughs> Jesus lets all these people out of hell and the demons are real mad. So they want revenge. And so their revenge plan is that they're going to make an antichrist. And the way they're going to do that is that just like God... Uh, impregnated Mary, they're going to get the devil to impregnate some other, some woman. Okay. So they make the plan to do this, but then like she, he like goes and like impregnates her in her sleep, but then she foils him by baptizing the child. So he uses his magic for good instead of evil. Ah! <laughs> Got you, devil. Got you. So yeah, so that's according to this 15th century text where Merlin comes from and why Merlin is magic. I sort of love that, actually. Right? It's actually kind of cute. <laughs> Does the, is that wrap into the fact that Merlin, like, exists backwards in time? Yeah, like, there's all sorts of, like, weird... There's, like, a lot of weird stories about Merlin. Like, that's that's definitely where a lot of the, like, real batshit Arthurian stuff is, is in the Merlin narratives. Yeah. I, I read Once in Future King years and years ago, so that's, like, the bulk of what I know Yeah, about Merlin. Yeah, there's a bunch of different variant traditions. So, like, this is one that... It's, it's, it's definitely, like, not, like, a super prevalent one. Gotcha. But, yeah, but there's a lot of Merlin stuff out there. <laughs> but one of the interesting things about a lot of this demon sex is that this demon sex is mostly, like, not entirely consensual. It's, like, a thing that happens to you when you're sleeping. Sure. And you're, like, probably not on board with it. Yeah. 
the interesting development in like the late 15th century is that demon sex and specifically women involved in demon sex becomes a thing that is like, that is something basically that witches do and that they do like on purpose, like that they have sex with, that they have sexual Congress with the devil. Oh, okay. And so one of the kind of early representations of this is in the Malleus Maleficarum, which is a witch hunting manual. And literally it means the hammer of witches. That's metal as fuck. Right? Doesn't that, yeah, like that sounds badass. Yeah. So, and fun fact. Okay, so the devil, because he is like death, essentially, like he cannot create seed. Oh. So the way the devil could impregnate somebody is that the devil transforms into a succubus, has sex with a man, then transforms into an incubus, has sex with a woman, and impregnates her with that dude's semen. I mean, adoption feels like it would be easier at that point. Right? (laughs) He becomes a succubus, so he gets his sperm inside him. And then, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then he stores the sperm. And then when he transforms into his male form, Uh then the sperm, I guess, configures itself. I do really like the little rules that are about, Uh like... this if you're this so you have yep. to like, wild this way around that i mean it's also it's also just like great because like there's just so many like there's just so much like weird shit about like how people thought bodily fluids worked in the middle ages like hmm. people thought that breast milk was like frothed up menstrual blood oh no fun right that's the worst thing i've ever heard from oh, <laughs> i think that one actually might be the greeks fucking greeks <laughs> But yes, yeah, so we like came up with all of this like yes, yeah, so, like they had, they had all a lot of like weird opinions about bodily fluids. Yeah, sure hate it. I wish yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you you now know this forever, and you can't unlearn it. Yeah. Well, that's what wine is for, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah. So, and I I do think there is an interesting question of whether in her demon sex theories, whether Doctor Emmanuel. Like, I think it's interesting, like, to what extent is she, like, blaming the women or not for their own problems in terms of this demon sex angle? Because that's actually, I think, one of the interesting transitions from the medieval to the early modern period is that the early modern demon sex traditions blame the women to a much greater extent. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that is is a big thing in the last couple hundred years is interesting. Yeah. Huh. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah demon sex <laughs> <laughs> with uh with that we can go to the next segment uh, fabula nostra where uh, we talk about a film show whatever that we might come up with inspired by this one i'm very excited about mine may i go first yeah yes please go first so what i want is a sequel to this movie mm-hmm. but the concept is that he leaves his car and all of the books behind uh-huh And so these medieval people, presuming they can read English, I guess at this point we're going to say they can read English, right? Like, they're all literate. We'll just not worry. At least somebody's, at least somebody, like, there'll be some priests who are literate. Like, somebody will be literate. Uh, This actually is a period of rising literacy. We'll ignore the differences between modern and middle English. Yeah. So what we do there is build an alternate timeline Mm -hmm. of, all of a sudden, these these uh, these medieval people or this one kingdom or mm-hmm. whatever it is, all of a sudden has a chemistry textbook, and then and mm. then in addition, just random other books. So all of a sudden, like 
Yeah. The giving tree becomes the, their main religion because there's a copy of the giving tree in this guy's trunk. <laughs> that is the movie I would like to see. And that I would be like fun. Write it. Directors, get at me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's fine. Mine is actually that, like, honestly, like, we, it seems like we need to have a new Arthurian adaptation every five minutes. So if we're going to do that, I want to have the one where Merlin's mom accidentally fucks a demon in her sleep. (laughs) I want to have, like, Merlin, he grows up, he meets his demon dad. I want to have it be a whole thing. Oh, I'm into that a whole lot. Yeah. I really do like that. Do you think there are more King Arthur adaptations or Robin Hood adaptations? That's a good question. I think maybe more Arthur. Yeah. But it's, it's close though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, there are a lot. We thought we can now uh, rate this movie on a scale of one to five based on whatever criteria we see fit. I tend to use a combination of uh, do I like the movie? How accurate is it? And does it hate women? <laughs> well, you know the answer to the third one. Yeah. I think I have to give this movie, I'm going to say one and a half because I think if I had, wa- I could imagine myself like watching this in college with my idiot college yeah. friends and genuinely enjoying the fuck out of it. Yeah. So I want to give it room for like user error on my end that I just didn't watch it right. <laughs> right. Same. <laughs> and I guarantee you, like if I when we can see each other again, I guarantee you if I watch this movie with like friends over drinks, I'm sure yeah. I'd have a grand old time. Yeah. Although I don't think I'll ever like that eye in the shoulder. I think that's gonna really oh, no. me for, for for some time. Yeah. Although actually like I, I wouldn't say I like the eye in the shoulder, but I think like the body horror stuff in that scene, like I think for what it is, it's well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like technically so. it, it looks good. Yeah. I just absolutely hated it. <laughs> like I I have I feel like I have a relatively low tolerance for that. Like I can take some of it, I can't take too much of it. But like mm-hmm. I feel like that actually like that actually worked for me as a scene that was like creepy like the right amount of like icky and yeah creepy, i think yeah i i like horror movies i tend to not love body horror though yeah. i tend to like more ghosts and ghouls and hauntings yeah and i like kind of yeah like, like psychological supernatural horror tends to be what i like most yes exactly exactly yeah, yeah. so it's not it's not my and also i think because i sort of came to i i didn't really like horror movies until mm-hmm almost my 30s like I never could tolerate them and now I like can't get enough of them so I Mm -hmm. think I never watched the 80s and 90s movies when I was young enough to still think they were cool or fun or weird so it's just it's (laughs) it's super not my jam but that's Mm -hmm. not to say it's it is what it is yeah, there there definitely were ways in which like there were fun things about this movie. For the same reason I'm giving it a 1.5, uh, it uh, definitely it definitely does not do well on the history no. or on gender. Yeah. It however, I don't know, something about the way in which it's like can't be fun and doesn't take itself too seriously. However, made me like less angry about that than I am in like like King Arthur Legend of the Sword. Uh-huh. The fact that it takes itself so fucking seriously makes it hate me makes me hate it so much more. Yeah, I think my problem was like the campiness didn't land for me. Like that's his fair. version of campiness was like just being a dick. And like that's oh, not yeah. to me, that's not like fun <laughs> entertainment. I know no. some people genuinely enjoy that kind of thing and like, you know, more power to them, but the the humor of it did not 
yeah with me the soup like the supernatural stuff actually i think overall worked for me the problem was the way that ash related to other humans correct yes <laughs> extremely well put yes so in, in honor of the fact that like I enjoyed this as like a kind of campy supernatural horror movie set in vaguely sort of the Middle Ages, technically, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll give it I'll give it the I'll give it the one point five. Okay, all right, yeah. we're on the same page then. So, are there places where the listeners can find you on the internet? Absolutely, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at blueberry b l u e b u r i e. I'm sorry, I made it when I was like 23. <laughs> it's my friend's nickname. It's like saying blueberry with a funny accent. I never expected to have to give it to anybody ever. So, <laughs> I made my choice 10 years ago or whatever. Every week we uh, have an episode of Friendly Atheist podcast. If you're interested in hearing about current events that kind of through the filter of religion and and things like that. You can find me there. If you have decided you need to rewatch or watch for the first time Twin Peaks, my husband and I just are like halfway through, not even halfway through the second season. And we sort of frame it in a way that like, it is supposed to help people who have not watched it before. So that's it's spoiler free and all that. Yeah, and it's been a lot of fun to do. And I think that's it. That's all I got. Cool. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm stoked to be here. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe in your preferred podcatcher app and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Please also follow the podcast on Twitter at Media Evil Pod and join the Facebook group. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sarah F. Decker. And finally, if you have any questions or suggestions, I would love to hear from you via email at media.evilpod at gmail.com. Thank you again, Jessica, for joining me. Thanks, Sarah. It's great talking to you. Yeah, and thank you all for listening to Media Evil. They live. They pray.